Ladies and gentlemen, he was in the Amazon with my mum when she was researching spiders right before she died. For this is a Fred the Island Productions podcast. Oh, how original. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, how original for me to, you know, take a a line that's broken the internet and, and turn it into a thing, take advantage of popularity and just memeage <laughs> me do that never 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 nah. hear the music <laughs> i don't know what we're yelling about we came we saw we kicked it out are you telling me you built a time machine kind of a delorean the way i see it if you're gonna build a time machine into a car why not do it some style who is this what's your operating number Conversation anyway. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I'm a Kendall Richardson. And I'm a pre recorded podcast for the account. And you are now experiencing a podcast called Fred. Yes, experiencing it not live, unfortunately, because no. I do not have the things to do the live streams. No things and stuff to do the live things. Yes, that's okay. No. That's yes, because right. the person that usually does it is unfortunately not with us today. No. Uh, because he is currently doing a show. Lisa, yes. we Lisa. miss you. Yes, yes, we do. <laughs> yes. Fully has been busy and now she's here. Now it's Mike's turn to be busy. Um, yes, yes. He's off doing his two plays this week. So Chookers, Mike, hope it goes big well. Chookers. Big, big Chookers for both your shows. Um, very exciting stuff, and hopefully we'll get a, a recap maybe next time on the show. We'll see. Mm. Um, but yeah, so it's just Fully and I holding down the fort, doing it old school. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> old school. You can't see us. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's very cool. It's very cool. Um, Fully, it's been a minute since you've been with us. It's, uh, that's true. Yeah, it's been a little a little minute. Um, yeah. What What have you been watching? What are some highlights over you know the past week or past couple of weeks? What are you, What have you been watching? Uh, so, um, due to the fact that I have been busy, um, my watching has been pretty minimal. Um, but that doesn't mean that I haven't watched anything. So um, I did finally finish, and because I'm very slow at this, I, I finally finished season two of Star Wars Rebels. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so uh, I haven't started season three yet, but um, all I know is with season three, um, Ezra has a haircut. <laughs> and yeah, Ezra has a haircut. And... Um, Oh, and I forgot his master's name. Damn it. Uh, oh, Kanan? Yes, Kanan. Kanan is now blind. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, be spoilers, but, you know. That's um, fine. I know I know what happens to him. So it's I didn't know he went yeah. blind, but I know what happens to him. So Yeah, so oh, he, no. he, go, he goes blind at the end of season two um, due fine. to a battle. And, um, yeah, now... He's going to be a blind Jedi Master. So we'll see how we go <laughs> in <Yeah>. season three. 
Nice. I'd say that in that instance, when one sense is taken away, the rest of them enhance. So yeah, well, it's you know, it reminds me of um, Chirrut Imwe from Rogue One. Mm, mm. Um, Donnie Yen's character. Yeah. So um, yeah, looking forward to continuing on with Star Wars Rebels. Nice. Um, I have also been watching random episodes of season three Doctor Who. Uh, again, oh! another show that I am slowly trying to get through as well. <laughs> well, we're, that one's a rewatch, so it's more mm-hmm. of a reminder for my brain. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, been watching that um, where I can. Um, still, like it's um, it just I reminded myself that this season is not the. Uh, oh my goodness, names. What's her name? That. Donna Noble, that's the one. It's not the Donna Noble season because she no. was in the Christmas episode. Yes. Um, this is the Martha episode. Uh, the Martha season, sorry. The Martha season. This is the Martha season. Um, uh, Shakespeare was a good episode. Hey, I like <laughs> that, that one. That was fun. Yeah, that's a good episode. Uh, and just the, the, the stuff that <laughs> the doctor's just like you know, pull all the quotes from his future works according to Shakespeare's time. And he's like, Oh, can I use that? I'm going to take that. <laughs> yeah. I, I really like that too. I thought that was fun. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was really cool um, to, to revisit those, that episode. Uh, and then the last thing I'll say that I've watched in the last couple of weeks um, was I finished um the this year's season of the mass singer and oh my gosh i i knew who grim reaper reaper was for quite some time i was very happy to know that it was darren hayes yes i'm like i i heard i looked up after you told me your theory i'm like i'm gonna look up and listen to it. that is totally fucking darren hayes like it was so obvious to me i'm like jesus christ so that yeah, was that I was mean, that was cool the um for me the clues weren't exactly the thing that got me to think that it was him it was mostly his singing voice that yes, got me same that's what yeah. it was for me cuz I, yeah. yeah, I don't know what clues there were but yes he's i heard his the, voice and i was like yes that's Darren Hayes yeah a lot of the clue packages with the with the clue packages they put in for the masked singers they're very um it's they're very hard to pick um, because, yeah, you really have to, like, they'll, they'll have numbers or they'll have words or they'll have another celebrity in the picture or something like that. And then it sort of pauses there for a moment and they put in a picture-in-picture picture of, uh, of one of the judges trying to work out what the clue means. Hmm. And half the time it's it's very difficult to figure out what it is. Um, because of how, how really, um, I don't know, just the, 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 the clues seem quite difficult to interpret essentially, right. uh, unless, unless you really look into it or you sort of read between the lines type of scenario with these clues. So it was, um, but it was, it's still good fun to, to see that, to see it all, um, put together. Um, and then it's 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 almost like a murder mystery sort of sort of thing where you're trying <laughs> to piece it all together. It's like a whodunit type of thing, but it's more of a who's under the mask. 
<laughs> so that's always good fun. Um, I was sad that he didn't win, even though he came runner up. Dream Reaper, Darren Hayes. I was oh. he came, so he was runner up. I was so hoping he won, but he didn't. Um, but that's not to say that it wasn't an emotional reveal for one of the judges. I uh, saw. Yeah. I saw yeah. her. I saw, I don't know her name, but she lost her shit. Abby. <laughs> yeah. Abby. Her name's yeah. Abby. Yeah. Uh, she, she guessed correctly that it was Darren Hayes. And even before he revealed himself, when she said, if you, if I, I'm, I'm putting my bets on the fact that this is Darren Hayes. And if it is, I'm going to cry. And she did. <laughs> um, because she had her own sort of story behind it all. And the fact that Darren Hayes, and his music really helped her through her journey. And just, and of course, because of Darren Hayes' story as well, mm. um, also helped her. So it, it was, it was just really nice that to see that interaction uh, on, on, on the screen. So um, I was very happy to see Darren Hayes and immediately went onto my YouTube music and started listening to his songs again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> old school savage garden and then you know uh, one of my favorite darren hayes songs insatiable oh oh it's a great song. song you know that's taken from a, a a song that michael jackson almost recorded oh really yeah yeah like he wow. did record there is a version of that the original version of that song um yeah. it's called fall again and okay um, it sounds, it sounds, you can, if you listen to that and then you listen to Insatiable, you can hear the musical similarities, but the lyrics are different and the okay. melody is a little different, but you can hear the, what, what, what Darren Hayes' writing team took from, yeah. from that. Um, yeah, it's a great song. Um, yeah. I love Insatiable. I saw, I saw Darren at the start of the year. I don't know if you remember. Uh, concert? Yeah. He toured. Oh, yes. <laughs> you have to come. You have to come next time if he comes again because it was. Yeah, it was really 100%. good. It was really oh, good. Show. I'd love. I'd love to see him. Yeah. Was the show like? Was the performance great? Yeah, it was. Like it was. It was a, a lot show. of fun. Yeah. yeah, it was a great, great show. Like it was a good mix of like Savage Garden hits and his solo stuff. Yeah. Um, and there was. Uh, I'll check my Instagram because. Um, Basically, there were a couple of songs he did that were like mashups, but like, mm. and usually I hate when people do that shit. I'm like, no, just play the original version of the song. Um, <laughs> but the way he did it was fantastic. Yeah, it was it was actually insatiable. So there was this, oh. um, yeah. So there's a version of it he did, which it was a mashup. It was like a mashup with like. Um, Oh, uh, you know, okay, all right. This is going to be a roundabout way of getting the song just because I don't know the original song and I can Google it, but meh, who needs Google right now? Um, my brain. Um, <laughs> so you know the Men in Black theme? Yeah. So that song is actually like a sa- like sampling a, an old 70s like disco song, right? Yes. So that 70s disco song was mashed up with Insatiable and turned ah. ins- Insatiable into a little bit of a bop and it was... It was actually oh, really, okay. it was, it was really, really good. That, I really, that sounds interesting. Yeah. I really, really liked it. And he did like MJ dance moods and stuff with it too. And I was like, nice. This is, this <laughs> is sick. Yeah. It was a good time. It was yeah. a good time. Anyway. Yes. Highly recommend nah. go see Darren Hayes if you get the chance. 
Yes, definitely. I definitely would love to if he comes, if he does another tour around Australia again. Um, and then to sort of round off the Mars Singer thing, um, the winner was Snow Fox, who was Dami Im. Oh. Our Eurovision runner-up, <laughs> Dummy M. Uh. Holy moly! Like, who would have thought? Honestly, I just I couldn't, I couldn't even put any of the clues. Like, I couldn't put them two and two together. I really couldn't. <laughs> it, they really, they really stumped me. Uh, but then her voice when it came through, it's. It's very. It, she really disguised it very well. <laughs> so yeah, she did a nice. great job. She did a great yeah, job, cool. and it just and yeah, just just the fact that you know she's playing this elegant sort of fo- white fox in a r- giant robe, and man, like it, it looked like a this massive tall thing, um, and she's small. Like, how on earth did she carry that around and perform in it and sing under it? It astounds me. So, <laughs> <laughs> she did a great job. Um, and you know what? I think she kind of, she deserves, she deserves the, 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 the win, I suppose, in this instance. You know, the fact that she couldn't win Eurovision. She won the Masked Singer. She won something. So, <laughs> yay. So congratulations to Dami. She's a great job. She's a great singer, honestly. Yes, she is very good. She's singer. got a wonderful voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's um, that's pretty much all I've been watching because I've been working uh, at a at a theater show on a musical called Spring Awakening. Uh, so and that's currently in its um, second week. Has just ended, so it's coming into its third week now, third and final week of runs and the songs are absolutely beautiful. It's based on the Broadway musical from back in 2006, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and the songs are just, Oh my goodness. Like you have to listen to this soundtrack. It is amazing. A lot of the songs sound very melancholy, very sad. There's some songs that are very sort of rock sort of modern rock mm-hmm. type of feel to it. Um, and then you've got ones that sound very haunting as well. And I think the ones that sound a bit more haunting is the ones that I kind of enjoy the most. Mm. Cause you get, you get, you get this really interesting sound from, uh, from the band. And then obviously from the actual um, actors themselves who are also putting on, great performances with their singing um and i assume with their dancing too because there is dancing involved (laughs) i haven't seen it yet (laughs) um but it's yeah spring awakening is actually a really great musical it i highly recommend it um and yeah definitely worth checking out if it ever comes your way i would say yes yeah cool yeah but if you're in melbourne and you're in the Williamstown area. It is on for three more shows on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday will be closing night. So don't miss out if you can go. 
Good. Yes, go. Support independent local community theatre. Do it. Yes. Community theatre is definitely worth checking out. Yes. Yes. Nice. Thanks for sharing, yeah. Fulia. That is that was me for the last couple of weeks. How about you, Kendall? What have you been watching? <laughs> what have I been watching? Well, um, I watched a, f- a handful of things last week. Um, let's see. Oh, excuse me. Got back into Agents of Shield um, last week. So uh, getting into season five. Really enjoying watching that. Um, it's a very very good. Um, Oh, and then, yeah, and then I suppose I've just w- pretty much just watched t- TV shows the last week. Um, I haven't, yeah, I haven't been to them. I don't think I went to the movies last week. I'm trying to remember. Time is, time is a blur. Last week was a bit weird for me because I, you know, I had a change of um, location for my em- employment. So um, I'm a bit, um, <laughs> but that's... <laughs> But that's fine. I don't remember. I don't think I went to the movies last week. I think I just, yeah, I think I just watched a bunch of TV when I wasn't writing and doing other things. But yeah, the other two things I'll mention then. Um, uh, yeah, I guess Doctor Who. I will mention Doctor Who. Mike would be very happy to hear, if he's listening, um, that I, yeah, I'm in season four, baby. Yay. I've got, I've got, I've got at the time of recording, I've got about a week, just under a week, to finish season four, and I've now realised season four is actually longer than season three because it has all the, like, the wrap-up specials at the end where, you know, there's the Christmas special and the New Year's special and, you know, the regeneration happens and it's all this shit. So, mm. yeah, it's a good a good choice that I made not re-watching um, any, any of the episodes I'd already seen, except I did make the one exception. I rewatched Blink last week because blink is incredible um and i'm really glad i I rewatched that um now that i'm more familiar with the way doctor who works um yeah that was that was a lot of fun to rewatch that episode it's just yeah just a masterclass in in writing um (laughs) and it's i think it's the first time the phrase wibbly wobbly timey wimey was mentioned yes um (laughs) yeah because i'm like ah he said it and i'm like ah that's the thing leonardo DiCaprio (laughs) pointing me um he said the thing uh but yeah it was good to rewatch that so yeah i finished off season three um and said goodbye to donna um and it was actually you know it's pretty good the the way season three ended because you know we got to see um captain jack harkness come back um for a few episodes so that was that was nice like john barrowman even got added to the like the the intro like his name mm. came up i was ah. like ah yeah so you've got that to look forward to for you um cool, cool, cool. yeah so it was that was really cool to see him again because i just he's just amazing he's just I, well, of I, course yeah. he is i know he makes me he makes me want to watch torchwood just because i i really love john barrowman and i really like captain jack he's so it's just it's just so different from malcolm mill and it's just so crazy like (laughs) the power acting he does he does a great job um playing captain jack harkness um Mm. and i've seen all but the final episode uh, final season of torchwood and i have to say it's like it's it's a decent show like it's very interesting it's a lot darker than doctor who Mm -hmm. um but it's still, it's still a good show to mm. at, at least you know to jump into. Yeah, mm-hmm. mm. nice. Um, 
good. Well, maybe maybe when I finish Doctor Who, maybe I'll go back and and do Tortured as well. Mm. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, no, it was it was good, and um, yeah, I thought, God, I've watched so much; it's been such a blur. And then yeah, but yeah, now I'm into obviously, like I said, season four. Oh, I watched the um, I watched the Christmas special, which is the Voyage of the Damned with um, Miss Kylie Minogue. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so cool. I I'd, I'd seen I'd seen that um when it originally aired back in the day cuz my parents used to watch Doctor Who. Um mm. and I remember I have a specific memory of watching them watch it. Like so I don't know if I sat down and watched the whole thing with them or like watched a bit of it and the, and then went and did something else. I don't know. But um but yeah, I remember that. Um yeah. going, "Oh, Kylie Minogue's in Doctor Who." Um yeah, so that was that was a fun little episode, a little special, and then yeah, into into Donna Noble territory, um, which I'm very happy about. I I think it's great, and I feel like and if Lister was here, uh, I don't know if you can attest to this fully, but like immediately Donna comes back in, and like one of the things that they make a point of saying, it's like she's like, I'm not into you, we're not a thing this is never going to happen. And I'm like, I feel like that's like a backlash to the Martha stuff. Um, that's just what I picked up on. I'm like, oh, I wonder. I yeah. wonder if it is. Yeah. I'd say it probably is. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Poor Martha Jones. But she became a hero, so it's fine. Um, mm. Yes. But I loved my... Okay, I have... Before I move on, I just have to say... Um, I absolutely adored the fact that, I mean, not only that Donna was like looking for the doctor again, like, you know, she regretted her, you know, not going with him. Um, uh, and she was, you know, looking for trouble and, and whatnot. And then she finds, you know, something that he's also on, but that scene <laughs> where they realize they're both looking in on the same um, at the doors. <laughs> yeah. And then they see each other. Oh my God. God, I was dying. I thought that was the best. That was it was so funny. Just like taking yeah. advantage of their comedic chops and like, you know, and they were both very good at like enunciating their words because I could lip you could lip read it pretty easily. Um, yeah. so you, could, you could tell what they were saying, and then just that moment of <laughs> that moment of the bad guys re- like catching them as well was yeah. It was really yeah. really good. So yeah, so I'm loving Donna. Of course, so far. So, yeah, so I'm a few episodes into season four now, yeah. which is good. So, yeah, I should be done by the time um, by the time the uh, 60th anniversary kicks off next week. Oh, I've got a lot of catching up to do, and I don't think yeah. it's going to happen. I don't think you're going <laughs> to. I don't think you're going to get there. That's nope. all right. That's all right. You've seen it before, at least. You've seen. I've, it I've seen it through once. This, this. I'm rewatching it just as a reminder. That's all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's all right. I'm sure Lister will help us out. Um, yeah, for sure. He will. Um, mm. I have no, no doubts on that. Um, but yeah, so Doctor Who's been great. I'm glad to have finally had some time to go back and get into that watch. Um, and mm-hmm. then, and then, yeah, and then the last thing I'll mention is that uh, I watched The Crown, the first drop nice. of episodes. So it's the final season, um, season six, part one. They just put out the first four episodes on, mm-hmm. uh, on the Friday just gone. And um, yeah, because the season I think is going to be like 10 episodes or so. So they're only, so they've done f- four and then they're doing six on the back end for reasons I'm not sure why, but um, it might just have to do with 
the way the storyline is because mm. the fir- this these first four episodes is literally just dealing with um, Diana and Dodie and that. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. So I won't spoil too much, obviously, for you because you are going to watch mm-hmm. it. Uh, yes. But I will say that um, it was handled very well. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a very good job of uh, just really emphasizing how much the paparazzi fucked up her life in the end. Yeah. Um, not just the fact that they, you know, um, led to her dying. Um, but, um, you know, just, yeah, you can really tell that it's just, it become almost unbearable. She couldn't do anything, couldn't go anywhere with that. And not even just paparazzi, it was just people on the street seeing her, Yeah, you know? Um, and it just pisses me off cause I'm just like, she's a person. She's just trying to live her life. And yeah, she's the most, at the time she was the most famous woman in the world, but like, she's still human and she still deserves Mm. a chance to do, you know, uh, the everyday things that, you know, we take for granted, you know, she can't do that shit because she has to run and hide or she has to live in isolation or she has to this and that. And it's just, oh yeah. So it was very, it was very heartbreaking to watch, um, watch it all unfold. And especially when you know what's coming, of course, like I, I got emotional, like, in the the scenes leading up to them getting in the car and then they're in the, like I yeah. was I was already crying because I was just like no because you know when you watch like a real life thing and you know yeah. that like, like the person's gonna die it, you feel like yeah. you want to you want to yell at them or you want to you want to reach you into the change, TV yeah change the timeline <laughs> yeah you want to change the fucking timeline you want to go back and you know change something yeah. alter it just because it's yeah. it's just. Because it's just, it's so stupid. Like, it's just, because it's like if, if certain decisions hadn't been made, she, would, she wouldn't have died. Like, literally. That's true. Like, yeah. the paparazzi, like, yeah, played, played the biggest part. But, like, you know, if she hadn't decided to, to, you know, if she decided to stay in the hotel she was at that night instead of going to Dodie's apartment, if she had have gone, you know, if Dodie hadn't said, let's go to Paris before you go home to, to London. Um, you know, all these little t- choices you see, you see this like butterfly mm. effect build up of like, yeah. if, they ha- if they hadn't have done this, hadn't have done this, hadn't have done this, hadn't have done this, then they would still be alive. And it's just fucking yeah. devastating. Um, but yeah, I'm, but they handled it really well. And, and um, yeah, I'd be curious to, to see what Peter Morgan, who's the creator of the show, um, who, you know, writes most of the episodes, he wrote all these four episodes, um, and, you know, cause he's, he wrote the script for the movie, the queen with Helen Mirren playing queen Elizabeth II. Um, yeah. and you know, that's like 10, 15 years ago now, um, maybe longer, but, um, you know, that movie deals with the fallout of Diana's death and the way the queen handled it. Right. And so now here he is tackling the same thing again but doing it in mm. a different way. Cause I've seen the queen and I, now I've seen this and I'm like, okay, cause he's getting to actually show the Diana side of the story, but now he's then, but then he's also dealing with the, you know, the Windsor side of it um, yeah. and the queen and like, just, so it was cool to see the way he kind of did it a little bit differently this time. It's definitely like, yeah, bri- the briefer, like I think he spent most of his time with the queen in the movie. Whereas opposed to in the series, you know, you only have like 45, 50 minutes to really kind of 
deal with this and you're not dealing with just the queen you're dealing with prince charles you're dealing with you know the kids you're dealing with you know everything like there's so much yeah like you know they show us yeah they show us i won't show say what else they show because i spoilers but you know the story um Mm-hmm. Yeah, cuz it's really it really happened. But yeah, it was but it was very good. It they didn't I don't think they took they didn't take any risks. They didn't do anything for shock value. They kind of they kind of played it by the numbers, but in a story like this, you know, where you're dealing with the death of, you know, someone like her, like like Diana, you know, there's only so many ways you can spin it. Um and yeah, I think they handled it well. So I'm I, I look forward to your thoughts, Fulia. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just insanely well done. Um, and hats off to Elizabeth Debicki for portraying her in these episodes. Just Yeah. She's just outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. Um cool. Well, that's my weekly watchings, I suppose. Mm-hmm. That's all I got to mention um so that means it's now time to get into the week that was in the nerdy news this is the news in nerdy news the nerds that talk about the nerdy news that is us who talk about the news that is nerdy and now the queen of nerdydom the hostess with most s kendall richardson take it away kendall Alrighty, it's nerdy news time and we're going to kick things off with some Marvel news because there was a bunch of Marvel stuff that came out last week, Uh, starting with the big story, of course, uh, and that is the word on the street. Pedro Pascal looks like he might actually be playing Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic, in Fantastic Four. Um... Some sites have confirmed saying this is actually a thing, and other sites have said it's it's there. He's in talks, um, so I'm just leaning to the he's in talks thing. Um, but generally, when these kinds of things happen and it says in talks, they gen- generally end up being true. Um, so yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I love Pedro. He's great. He's amazing. He's he's so talented and he's, you know, just just exceptional. But I am mirroring uh, a lot of the mixed emotions about this casting um, that, the mm. internet, that the internet seems to be having. Because a lot of people online are, are kind of like, oh, yeah, fuck yeah, Pedro. But then also like, but why? Um, yeah. <laughs> apart from it being Pedro Pascal, like I feel like Fantastic Four – was is or should be an opportunity for um, some unknown actors. Um, should be an opportunity. Like you, I don't think you need names. Like these characters, no. these characters are so synonymous in pop culture. Um, yeah, they're not as big in terms of the Marvel stratosphere in in cinema now because we have the Avengers and we have the Guardians. Like you know, we have all these other characters that are bigger, more well known. But, you know, Fantastic... We had two Fantastic Four movies before we even had Iron Man 1. So, like, people know who they are. They've been around for yeah. years. Um, obviously, you know, in the comics since the 60s. Um, so it's just... I don't know. It's just annoying because, like, that's what Marvel did really well. Marvel's always done well with its casting. Don't get me wrong. Like, they haven't really miscast anybody, I don't think. Like, I'm talking MCU casting, not mm-hmm. other other stuff. But MCU casting, they've always seemed to nail. Um, and I loved, 
you know, in the first phase, like they really went for up and comers and unknowns. Like, you know, no one knew who Tom Hiddleston was before Thor one, unless you lived in England and watched, you know, period dramas on the BBC, like, you know, (laughs) no one knew who he was. Chris Hemsworth was, you know, had only played Captain Kirk's dad at that point. Um, you know, and Chris Evans had been like, you know, he was already in a Fantastic Four. He was Johnny Storm. So it's like, like, you know, so he, he, but he was like, you know, so he was kind of rising up and up. Um, and then you've got Robert Downey Jr. who was, you know, in the middle of a comeback and Scarlett Johansson and Scarlett Johansson. Like, so just certain, certain people that they picked and they cast were just, some of them, it made sense. And then some of them. We're like, okay, let's give these people a go. Um, and Fantastic Four just, it just feels like they, they've missed a trick by casting Pedro. And I hate to say that because I adore him so much. Mm, yeah. But it's also that thing of like, he's everywhere as well mm. because he's he's literally in everything now. Like it feels, it feels like it's all, he's almost like the Chris Pratt of live action. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. So if it's true, it, then it's, it's whatever, I guess, you know, I'll trust their judgment. Mm. Like I said, they've really, very rarely gone wrong. I don't think they really have gone wrong with casting. So if they've cast Pedro as Reed Richards, it's for a reason. So I will, I will, uh, save judgment until the movie comes out. But anyway, we have a couple other quick things to talk about. Marvel wise before I throw to you Fulia on your thoughts for mm-hmm. the whole for the whole bunch. Um but the other couple of little things to mention is that um uh Destin Daniel Cretton has stepped down as director of Avengers King Dynasty. This is pretty mm. much just Yeah, pretty much just due to scheduling. Um with all the delays. Okay. Yeah, all the delays on everything that have been happening because of the the strikes um and other reasons. Um it's just a conflict of timing now um yeah. he's okay. he's he's still working on um uh, shang chi 2 of course which keeps getting yes. delayed as well and then he's also heavily involved in the wonder man series which is another mcu project that's going to be on disney plus mm-hmm. um so he just doesn't have the time to do kang dynasty anymore which is a shame um so yeah so fully expecting that movie to get delayed again the, the Avengers movies, but that's fine. It's fine. I don't care. Space them out. As, as Mike and I talked about last week, you know, we're only getting Deadpool 3 movie-wise from the MCU next year. Only one movie. Um, yeah. For the first time since phase one. So I'm, that's fine. <laughs> I, I, I'm okay. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so sad to see um, Destin step down, but um yeah, I'm sure whoever they find uh, to replace him will, will do a very good job. Um, and then the other thing to mention is that uh, in regards to Thunderbolts, um, which is now coming out in 2025, um, we have a casting announcement. So there's a character called the Sentry, which is apparently a very, very, very powerful character um, in the comics. He's going to be played by Stephen Yeun um, of Walking Dead fame. Um, and more recently he was in that Netflix series Beef, um, and, uh, he voices, um, uh, what's his name? He, he voices in, well, he voices Invincible in Invincible. I've forgotten who the, 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 uh, human alias is, um, 
Grayson. His last name is Grayson. Anyway. Over my head. Mike's not here to help me out. Um, Because <laughs> I'm just refusing to Google things. Apparently. I'm sorry. I'm no help here. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Oh, Mark. Mark Grayson. Sorry. Mark Grayson. Mark Grayson slash Invincible. Stephen Yun plays, uh, voices him in that show. So, yeah. Um, he's a fantastic actor. He's awesome. He's very talented. Oscar nominee, too, for Minari um, a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, so really cool to see him joining the MCU. Uh, a very interesting character for him to be playing that I know nothing about. So uh, I'm excited, mm. to, excited to meet him in this form, and I know S- Steven's going to crush it. No question. Um, Fulia, how are you feeling about all of these uh, castings and shakeups and whatnot over at Marvel. Um, okay. So just to touch on the whole Pedro Pascal thing, uh, I kind of agree with you in the sense that they, they could have picked someone that's more up and coming than having Pedro Pascal as that lead character. I, yeah. I just, I just feel like, um, you know, as you've already mentioned before that, you know, Marvel is actually pretty good at casting certain actors um, that then make them absolutely massive in the pop culture zeitgeist. Uh, We already know Pedro from Mandalorian, um, you know, from Game of Thrones. uh, Last of Us. The Last of Us. Um, It's just like, but I think I think now now that he's gotten that extra fame in his pocket, I, I, it's like it's like everybody wants him now um, yeah. for yeah, whatever yeah. project that they've got going on. So um, I mean, like you said, there must be a reason why Pedro would be the the first person they're thinking of to cast as as Reed Richards, um, but we just don't know what that reason is. Um, I, but I, I still feel like they could have gone with someone that's either fresh to the industry or even just someone who's up and coming a little yeah. bit more. Yeah. Um, like a name that's not like a name yet. No, exactly. Just sort of give them, give them a chance to, to make a name for themselves essentially. Yeah. Um, and, and, and see where that, where that fame takes them. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens once they confirm, once they confirm it all and we start getting, you know, set photos and whatnot. And then we'll, we'll realize why Pedro was the the person for the role. So (laughs) until then we're all in the dark and we'll just have to just, just roll with it. Yes, we will. Yes, it's gonna, yeah. if it's if it's happening, it's going to happen, and we've got no say. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. We got no yeah. choice. We're just no going to see it happen. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. Um, with um, with with Destin stepping down from Avengers uh, as a director, I mean, it's it's sad that he has to move away from it just because of his busy schedule. Um, and I and I can totally understand. I can totally understand that. Um, you know, especially with all, like you said, all the delays that are happening, um, mm-hmm. that were, you know, unavoidable, unfortunately due to the strikes. 
um, didn't help that the pandemic was, was the thing that started it all. <laughs> so all those delays. So, um, yeah, just the fact that it's now clashing with his other projects in terms of timing is just like bad timing. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm hopeful that, uh, that they'll be able to find a, an, another director that's worthy of, um, taking on the mantle of, of Avengers Kang dynasty. So, yes. um, yeah, look, we, we, we have our full faith in, in Marvel. I'm sure they'll find someone really good for that role. No matter what they always do. Yeah. Um, with a couple of notable exceptions, but anyway, uh, <laughs> um, and uh, in terms of um, Thunderbolts, I have no idea about the Thunderbolts. Uh, that's that's the um, it's not the first time I've heard about them, but it's not exactly something that I've sort of dived into myself to learn the lore about them. Uh, but just from the character that Steven Yeun is going to be uh, portraying in this particular, um, did you say it was a film or was it? It's a movie. A... It's a movie. It's a movie. Okay, yeah. So um, the character, the Sentry, just from just doing like a a quick goog. Uh, a quick the century. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I'm bringing, I'm bringing in, I'm bringing in all these other podcasts, you know, content creators, their words. And I'm like, now I'm going to use them. <laughs> oh, I love it. Goog. Doing a goog. <laughs> quick goog. <laughs> okay. American or Australian? American. Uh, <laughs> a quick goog. Yeah. A quick goog. N- never, never let anyone know your next goog. <laughs> Thank you, Lockleth. Uh, <laughs> Amazing. Uh, yeah, no, just um, the Sentry, and I'm just going to read it off. This is direct from I- ING, uh, I- I-N-G, IGN. Uh, <laughs> the Sentry is quite possibly the most powerful superhero in the Marvel Universe. He's also the most dangerous. And, you know, apparently... Um, it, it was a very, his powers, uh, apparently stem from experiment from an experimental serum. So that super soldier serum um, potentially, oh, um, no. like, how like it was, introduced. yeah. So it's like a, a potential replacement for it. Um, and I'm, I'm just, let me just like read what it says here. The serum is said to accelerate his molecules and instant forward in time, and what that means in practice is that the Sentry is an incredibly strong hero with an almost limitless array of powers. So that so is already OP saying fuck. something. Yeah. That is already saying something. Uh, so that's going to be like, I'd say who, who would be able to even best that character? Like the likes of Thor or the Hulk. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> don't know. Um, but it just, I think the century essentially kind of sounds like Marvel's version of maybe Superman. Kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, just in terms of that kind of power and the fact that in the DC universe, Superman's like the most powerful hero. And now we're getting the century who's 
kind of similar in that sense. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, sound like it's it's an interesting sounding character. I do look forward to learning more about him um, and the Thunderbolt in general. Um, yeah, just I just need a bit more information as to what this movie is going to be about. And yeah, I'll be good to go. <laughs> nice. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll find out. Mm, we will. Probably next year, I would say. Maybe Comic-Con. Yeah. Next year. Oh, yeah. True. Mm, I think so. Hall H. Hall H. Hall H, baby. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, let's move on to our next item, which is... Uh, tangentially related because it's more sequels and it's also Disney. Um, we are talking about, uh, of course, um, the word on the street from, um, Mr. Bob Iger himself. Um, hi Bob, fuck you, Bob. Um, (laughs) is that apparently not only are we getting a frozen three, which was announced earlier in the year, we, uh, might actually also be getting a frozen four. Um, cool. Um, (laughs) it's this, I think this month is 10 years since the first movie came out. Um, 2013 was frozen one. So it's been 10. Has it really been that long? Jeez. Yeah, I know. Maybe they should let it go. (laughs) (laughs) Yikes. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I'm here for another hour. That's that was a bit, that was a bit cold. It was a bit cold of me, was it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's fair. Yeah. It's, mm. it's little, little cold. I got nothing else. Um, thank, thank you for all uh, Yes. Welcome. Yes. So yeah, it looks like there's going to be, um, yeah, a fourth one. So, um, apparently the writer or one of the writers, what's her name? I've got to find the article. Uh, Jennifer Lee um, is working on two stories, um, okay. so that's what that's what Bob Iger said um, recently. He was on Good Morning mm-hmm. America um, talking about um, something at Hong Kong Disneyland, and mentioned Jennifer Lee. Um, and she's actually ah oh, she's um. Uh, Walt Disney Animation Studios chief creative office and co-director um, of both Frozen films. I think there's a typo. No one's a creative office. Creative officer, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, she co-directed the, the first two movies. So uh, apparently she's working on two. Uh, she's hard at work with her team at Disney Animation on not one, but two stories. Uh, okay. that's, that's out of Bob. Bob Iger's mouth. So, yeah. Um, well, I mean, this feels inevitable. I mean, they don't want to let Toy Story die anytime soon because now we're getting a fifth one um, of that. So I'm not surprised. Disney really just seemed to be all they want to really focus on and give time to is sequels and uh, and live-action remakes. That's all they... Yeah. In, in terms of their animation, that's all they really seem to want to be doing. Um, or their kids and family films. That's all they really want to do. And it's it's ridiculous and annoying. But it works because people go to the movies and they see these movies mm. and they, they all make a billion dollars each. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've stopped watching them. Um, like the 
I don't like the live action remakes. I'm not interested in them anymore. But um, yeah, and I still haven't seen Frozen two. Actually, I've never like, I, it's Frozen's fine, but I've just I've never been. Oh my god, this is amazing! Like it's not. It's mm. never it's never been something that's blown my mind. Uh, I think there are better Disney movies, to be honest. Um, hot take. Um, but <laughs> but yeah yeah. So yeah, it's inevitable. There's yeah. They're just going to keep churning these out until, um, you know, Kristen Bell and Idina Menzel can't voice the, these characters anymore, basically, so, <laughs> um, which will be a while. And even then, they'll just use their voices with AI um, if they get their permission, of course. Um, yeah. Anyway, I'm being very pessimistic. Um, but, you know, Hollywood's <laughs> going to Hollywood for something yeah. something we've learned over the last, you know, forever. Um, but yeah. Um, Fulia, how how do you feel about the fact that we might be getting, very likely getting four Frozen movies, not three, but four? Uh, okay, so the first one was good. The second one was actually not too bad. I didn't mind the second one. I actually really, I did enjoy it. That's Um, good. I don't know where else they could take three and then a number four. Um... It sounds like they they know where the story is going to lead, mm-hmm. um, but I think they I think f- for them it's more of a they know that they're um, that the kids actually like the current generation of children actually love Frozen, uh, so they want to keep that train going, and um, like I don't know I feel like they're just they're milking it a little bit too much. Now, um, uh, I think one and two is probably a good, like number two was a good place to sort of, to finish it. Yeah. I think, Mm -hmm. uh, in, in, in my opinion, at least. Okay. Um, I don't know where else they could really take the story. Um, but yeah, it, it really, it really, it really depends on what, uh, the, what the Disney studios and the writers have got. Uh, up their sleeves so i don't know maybe we'll we'll see a trailer for the third one see where that's going to take us and then um yeah and then i'll be able to have a better better uh, idea and understanding as to why they want to keep it going (laughs) yes we shall see yeah i just like i i'm kind of I'm kind of in, in agreement with you when it comes to getting so many sequels to the Disney animated films um, and or, or Disney Pixar. Uh, I feel like the fourth Toy Story movie, although good, didn't really, wasn't really necessary, to be honest. Like, I feel like they could have just left it at three and it would have been fine. Yeah, it ended... Perfectly. Number three ended perfectly. They did not need to do another one. But, I mean, number four was fine. Hmm. It's still... It has another ending. But the fact that they're making number five, it's like, but... But what? Are you going to bring Woody back? Like, after you gave him, like, a second send-off, technically? Like, Yeah, exactly. Like, what the fuck? I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. Exactly. So, I mean... Disney Disney has my heart and my money, so unfortunately I'm still going to watch it. <laughs> Just like Marvel has yours. <laughs> I know. I know. We're part of the problem. We are part of We're the part problem. problem. We're part of the problem. <laughs> so I'm still going to watch it anyway, uh, regardless of what I yeah. say. 
I know. Um, <laughs> I love that. And I... <laughs> And I'll most likely have opinions, but you know what? Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it'll be good content. It's fine. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Um, yeah. Uh. So, yeah. I'm like, I'm getting to a point. I, I feel like Disney's getting to a what shall we do next kind of a thinking. Like, yeah. I think they're running out of ideas almost. Or they just don't want to take a chance on original stuff. Like, they don't want to support their original ideas like you know Mm. um strange world or worlds last year whatever it was that got completely shat on they didn't really promote that um Mm. and this new movie wish is getting mixed reviews like it's just i don't know i don't know they don't really seem to be wanting to go for original content much yeah i'm i'm still like honestly encanto was great oh encanto was the best yeah that was amazing. Coco was also really good okay. as well. Yeah. I absolutely loved Coco. That yes, one. Oh, me too. Oh, my gosh. That stole my heart. Yeah. Um, so they need to come up with more stories like that. Moana was also good mm-hmm. because it was telling a um, another culture's story, just like it did with Coco, just like it did with Encanto. And I feel like those kind of stories are actually really intriguing for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Not to mention the fact that, you know, you're putting in characters that are representing those cultures so that other people can relate to these characters. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why Disney isn't doing more of that. Cause that's actually a lot more interesting for a lot of viewers. But at the same time, I also do understand the fact that they're also trying to keep the attention of children into these films. So they can't make it too complicated or they can't make it too, you know, interesting, I suppose, because where are the, where are the kids going to really, a lot of kids attention spans, literally they won't sit through a whole movie. They won't. No, no. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, I just Frozen three and four. Sure, I'm probably still gonna watch it, but I I kind of feel like it's unnecessary to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Thank yeah. you for you. <laughs> Thank you. Um. All right. Let's move into our final news item this week, uh, and it's mm-hmm. gaming related. Yes. Um, yes, because last week we had the announcement of the Game Awards nominees. Um, so that's pretty exciting. Um, let's go from the top and just talk about um, how games kind of did overall. So um, the top two games nominations-wise uh, are uh, Alan Wake 2 and Baldur's Gate 3. Um, they both have eight nominations each, um, which is really exciting. Um, Spider-Man 2 received seven nominations. Tears of the Kingdom got five, um, well, along with Super Mario Brothers Wonder. And Starfield received uh, just one, uh, apparently. Um, so, <laughs> game, just, just one for Starfield. Um, just one. <laughs> Just one. Game of the Year nominees are as follows. Um, Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Marvel Spider-Man 2, The Resident Evil 4 Remake, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, 
uh, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Um, yeah, so those are those are the best games. Uh, there's heaps and heaps of other nominees. Um, the only other category I'm going to really talk about, of course, is the one that Fulia pointed out to me. Thank you very much, Fulia. Um, <laughs> there is a category called Best Adaptation. Um, and even though I haven't seen every uh, every thing every tv show or movie in this category i um i it's a pretty good list just based Mm. on on the general consensus of most of these projects um so the nominees for best adaptation are castlevania nocturne gran turismo the last of us the super mario brothers movie and twisted metal um twisted metal looks really really good but i haven't had a chance to watch that or gran turismo i haven't seen that but i heard that did okay People have raved to me about Castlevania, um, the Netflix animated series. Um, so, and this is the latest one of that. So, um, Nocturne. Um, someone even said, like, I would have thought that was right up your alley, Kendall. I'm like, well, I don't watch a lot of anime, um, so that's <laughs> that's on me. But um, but I've been recommended to watch Castlevania, so maybe one day I will. Mm. Uh, however, I can speak to, of course, the Mario Brothers movie and Last of Us. I've seen both of those. Um, it's for my money, it's going to come down to the two of them in terms of adaptation, who's going to win this category. Um, and because this is something that's voted for by the public as well, it's going to be a close race because whilst I think the last of us should win, um, because I think it's the superior of, of these just based on, you know, everything in the category, but the Super Mario Brothers movie was a fucking phenomenon this year. Um, it exceeded expectations through the fucking roof. Like, we were memeing it 12 months ago, and now it's, like, the highest... One of the highest-selling movies of the year. Uh, the highest gro- One of the highest grosses of the year. Um, so I could totally see Super Mario walking away with the award for this. Um, but I think it should be The Last of Us, because The Last of Us was fucking amazing. Um... And then, yeah, and then I just, I kind of really hope that Baldur's Gate 3 sweeps every category it's in because um, a lot of my friends online are playing it and are obsessed, like, to the point where I've become tangentially obsessed with it. <laughs> like, like, Fulia, do you know anything about Baldur's Gate 3? It's essentially a and d game by it the is. looks of things so and, and i feel like this is my question to you kendall will you be picking this up and playing it because <laughs> i know how much you like your storytelling i know yes. that you play D. Yes. Uh, i feel like this would definitely be something you'd be interested in maybe <laughs> um it's definitely what well, is definitely up my alley that's for sure it ticks a lot of boxes mm. um yeah and especially because yeah um a lot of my online friends they've um they've literally gotten me obsessed well not obsessed but like it's into um one of the characters of the game and that's astarian um Ooh. yeah he's a he's a vampire um, in the show, in the game, rather. It's a game. It's a game, Kendall. It's a game. Yes. You're talking about a game. It's a game. Uh, it's a game. <laughs> but yeah, he's, um, yeah, so yeah, my friends have gotten me into him and that's where I'm like, oh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll play this game so I can be his, uh, his queen, I guess. Cause you know, you can, ro- <laughs> you can romance, you can romance these yes, characters. That's, I think, 
until I knew I knew he existed, pretty much all I knew about Baldur's Gate was like, if you want to fuck a bear, play this game. Um, <laughs> that was that was all I knew about. That it. is the one thing that a lot of people bought the game for is to see that. <laughs> yeah, and they don't even show you like the. Cut, I don't know if you've seen the cutscene. I it's, haven't. No, it's literally like you know in the whatever character you're as and like it's you it's you and the bear and then it like fades away and it cuts to a squirrel reacting (laughs) it's hysterical it's hysterical i I need to look this up (laughs) you should it's so even even look look up live reactions to it because they played it oh my gosh they played it at some kind of convention or something and the crowd went nuts it was so funny, but anyway, yeah. So there's, yeah, there's a whole romance aspect to it, and I mean, who, yeah. who doesn't, who doesn't want to become a vampire queen? I mean, me, raise hands, <laughs> hands up, nice and high. Um, but yeah, apart from that, I've heard, yeah, I have heard Baldur's Gate three is is a is a very good game. Um, yeah, especially if you're into D and D and fantasy, and yeah, mm. um, there seems like there's a lot of really cool characters and storylines to explore. So. I mean, I have a laptop that could probably run it, so I probably could. Probably potentially, could. potentially. Not saying, not saying yes because, <laughs> goddamn, <laughs> no guarantees. No guarantees. No guarantees. I think I've already said no to my my other Discord friends of like I'm not going because they've all started playing it. I'm like, mm. <laughs> I don't, I don't know you guys. I don't know. Mm. But um. The but one, anyway. the one thing I the one thing I will say if you do get it on PC, you'll definitely need a mouse. Oh yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be able to do it with just the trackpad. No way. No. <laughs> no way. I would need to actually buy a yeah proper mouse for proper it. Proper mouse. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Thank thank you for the tip, foolish Fuji. <laughs> Um, but yes, speaking of Foolish Fuji, please bestow us with your wisdom and knowledge. What do you think of these, uh, nominations? Okay. So, um, in terms of the game of the year nominees, um, I've only played one of the six, uh, and that's the Super Mario Bros. Wonder game. I haven't finished it yet, but I have played through maybe half-ish of the game and I do intend on finishing it off. Uh, I'm hearing so many good things about Spider-Man 2 and I'm seeing so many amazing uh, screen grabs from everybody's playing through that and um, using photo mode. Apparently it has a great photo mode in that game Um, and I'm all for photo mode in games. (laughs) Uh, And I'm hearing nothing but good things about Baldur's Gate 3 uh, earlier in the year, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, everybody was talking about it. They were building all the different contraptions in that game. And they're just absolutely, like a lot of people that I know that love the Zelda franchise, really enjoyed playing Tears of the Kingdom a lot. Um, so that's definitely sort of high up there in terms of potentially um, getting a win. Um uh, Alan Wake 2 is a very recent release, uh, so I've, I've heard good things about it, uh, however, I don't know whether Alan Wake 2 would be in contention too much, even though it is up there. Uh, I, there's not, like, there's not a massive fan base behind the Alan Wake 2 compared to some of these other games, 
Um, but I mean, I could be wrong. There might be like a hidden fan base that I'm not aware of <laughs> that might be able to get Alan Wake 2 to sweep it. Um, Resident Evil 4. Okay. It's so, your favorite game, right, for you? Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing. Um, and, and I and there's a lot of people who have also said made this comment as well. I feel like putting a remake into Game of the Year of a game that's already been released originally, like, years ago, I feel like it shouldn't be there, to be honest. Because it's already... Like, it was already released long time ago and but this this particular version is a, a a remake version of it so the store so it might be different in the in the gameplay it might be different in a little bit different in terms of its story but it's a remake it's not original it's not new um so i feel like resident evil 4 although I hear very good things from people who love playing these type of horror games. Um, I, I just don't think it should be there to be honest. Um, but I've never played it. So I don't think I can put in any other kind of opinion on it in terms of how good it is. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, well, some of the other, some of the other categories that I kind of want to also, um, also touch on, um best family game uh the best family category um and it includes uh disney illusion island party animals pikmin 4 sonic superstars and of course super mario bros wonder um i have at least played through four of the five of those um i haven't finished them or there's party animals i've only played once party animals is a great game it's very akin to Gang, Pe- Gang Beasts, for those of you who have played that game before. Um, it's very quirky, uh, and you're playing as these really random-looking animals, and it's really hilarious in, in terms of its mechanics and just the, 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 the little mini-games you play within the game itself, and it's good fun. Great, It's a great multiplayer. Um I've, I've played Pikmin 4. I'm, I'm sort of like... I'm, I'm a new Pikmin fan. I've never played the other three Pikmin games. Pikmin 4 got me intrigued in the sense that it was a bit more chill, um, more collector-based, and it's not as difficult to play compared to the other three, which were very survival-based. Um, but it's still a real-time strategy, so you still have to think about the things you do and how you use your Pikmin in the game. But it's still cute, it's fun, and I really enjoy it. Um, I haven't finished it, but I'm just sort of casually sort of playing through them. Um, Disney Illusion Island is one that I have actually played through the whole story and finished, and now I can I'm sl- sort of kind of making my way through and trying to collect everything so it's more for me it's more of a collectathon now in terms of trying to 100% this game but I think that's going to take me a long time to do because I'm never I'm I'm not always free to <laughs> to, to play the games that I want to play um Disney Illusion Island is actually a really good game it's a Metroidvania I had no idea it was and that's so that would make it my first time playing a Metroidvania game uh, and yeah, it's just, 
it's a lot of fun because it's Mickey and friends. And there's like little quirky things about the about the game's mechanics that you use in order to traverse the world and it's just good fun. And and the story <laughs> is hilarious and they do a lot of fourth wall breaks. Um, and the music is actually really cool too. I really enjoy hearing the music, uh, throughout the, throughout the game as well. Um, so the only one that I haven't played here is Sonic Superstars, not a huge Sonic fan in terms of the gaming only because I never really grew up on playing the games myself. I've never owned any kind of Sega console, um, in my, in my years of playing games. So I'm not really that intrigued with playing sonic superstars but i hear good things about it so we'll see what happens but i have a feeling super mario bros wonder might be taking this one out just because of its popularity the fact that it's a new 2d mario game uh and the fact that it's like one of the most sold games at its release time and it's insane the amount of the amount of units that this this game has managed to get into households <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy um so yeah best family i have a feeling that's probably gonna go to mario wonder um i'm going to also hit on best rpg because there's a couple of games in there that i have actually played um one of them being one of them being um final fantasy 16 uh, although a lot of people have mixed feelings about whether or not this is a traditional RPG game, um, I've, I feel like it probably like as much as I love the game so much, and I finished the story of it because I it was so good, mm-hmm. and it's my first ever Final Fantasy game. Uh, I kind of agree with the, the the fans out the RPG fans out there to say. It's not really the biggest. There's not too much in terms of its RPG-ness of what an RPG is supposed to be. Right. Uh, so, like, I don't know. I, like, it's still it's still an RPG in a sense, but it's more heavily it's more heavy on the on the action and the um and the uh, what's the word I was I was right there. <laughs> oh no adventure Brain has finally story caught up with me story thank you it's hey. very um yeah very he- it's it's it, it very very heavy on the on the story and it's um what was the other word oh my gosh my brain <laughs> story and action action thank you <laughs> story and action yeah it's um yeah like it's still an rpg but it's not uh it's not your traditional sense of rpg but it's Mm -hmm. still an amazing game i absolutely enjoyed the story of this this game has an excellent photo mode and i love taking so many shots in this game like you have no idea i have got a folder on my computer full of screen grabs from this game and they're currently rotating through as my wallpapers (laughs) amazing they're so good they're they're very detailed um, the the visuals of this game is just beautiful, 
I love it so much. Mm. And the fact that the characters are voiced by some really great actors, some really great voice actors, uh, that really blew me away within, within this story. And it's just, it's so good. Um, another game, another game in this category that I have played is Sea of Stars. I haven't quite like, I haven't gotten through too much of it, but I have started playing through it. Uh, Sea of Stars is actually really nice. It's got really great music to it. It's got a very interesting sort of a fantasy sort of story. Um, and essentially, um, you're sort of, you're, you're, you're on an adventure to find, this i think like a source of power i think it is you're supposed to you're trying to help a village um very kind of sort of 16 bit ish kind of you know the game uh stardew valley yes um kind of in terms of its visuals it's sort of similar to that but not as pixelated as that just maybe one up from it i think um so the visuals in this particular game is very nice i absolutely like it's beautiful um music in this game is a bop absolutely amazing music in sea of stars mm-hmm. um and and the characters are really cool too i really like the characters uh i definitely want to go back and keep going with this game and kind of finish it off apparently it's about a 50 to 60 hour <laughs> game so oh, i've still shit. got a long way i've still got a long way to go i've only played like a few hours of this and so i'm literally sort of still at the beginnings of the story. Um, but it's a really interesting game. Um, I have a feeling being in this, in this character, this category. Um, and you mentioned that Starfield only had one nomination and it's in here. The best RPG (laughs) category. (laughs) I don't know whether that's going to win, unfortunately, even though it's (laughs) there. Um, I feel like, uh, this might be a, uh, a close call between Baldur's Gate 3 and maybe Sea of Stars, I would probably say. Maybe swaying more towards Baldur's Gate, I feel like it might be taking yeah. out the best RPG by the looks of it, um, especially with the amount of people who are absolutely loving that game at the moment. Um, so, yeah, there is that. And I also just want to jump into um best independent game because i love my indie games uh and i've been trying to you know play through as many as i can in in the past but there's um there's some big hitters here so we've got one that's called uh so the nominees for uh best independent game uh cocoon dave the diver dredge sea of stars and viewfinder um all amazing games from what i've heard the only one out of this i've played is sea of stars um viewfinder looks really amazing um in terms of its visuals i really do want to check out viewfinder um dredge is essentially a fishing game but everybody's been raving about it when it's when it released this year uh there's been a lot of good uh reviews um and just good hype for dredge dave the diver just in terms of the game itself though i heard very good things about it it says you're essentially you know you play the role of dave who goes to an island and buys a sushi restaurant and you have to go and dive for the ingredients 
and to make your sushi at this restaurant, which is um, really mm. interesting sort of a concept for a mm. game. <laughs> Definitely. Um, yeah, I've been hearing good things about that game as well. Um, and Cocoon is very Inception-y in, in its gameplay. Um, here, also, again, hearing very good things about uh, Cocoon. Uh, visually, it looks stunning. And uh, just in terms of its gameplay, I think it's very puzzle-based. Um, but also the fact that you're going in and out of different worlds, mm-hmm. um, which is what makes it very Inception-like in Ew. terms of in terms of the gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it sounds very interesting. Not sure that it's my type of game, but um, n- nothing but good things that I've been hearing from that game. Um, nice. I don't know. Oh, and one other... Um, where is it? I know it's here somewhere. I did see it before. One other category that I do want to just quickly touch on um, is the best performance in a video game um and uh the nominees are ben star from final fantasy 16 uh cameron monahan from star uh, from star wars jedi survivor mm-hmm. uh idris elba for cyberpunk 2077 phantom liberty mm-hmm. uh melanie libert for alan wake 2 mm-hmm. neil newborn uh, Newbin, sorry, Neil Newbin for Baldur's Gate 3 mm-hmm. and Yuri Lowenthal for Marvel's Super, uh, Spider-Man 2. So right. these are the voice actors for the characters in those particular games. Yes. Now, I have high hopes for Ben Starr in Final Fantasy XVI. <laughs> <laughs> Not biased at all. <laughs> who, does, who does he voice? He voices the lead character, Clive. Okay. Clive Rosfield in, uh, in Final Fantasy 16. But if you... On it, he has an amazing voice. Like, it's so deep. And because he's also British, he's got that really sort of... Um, really posh kind of upper-class British accent... Um, mm-hmm. when he voices the character and oh my goodness like it it just it, his voice is swoonworthy it is so good <laughs> i i love his you voice love i love his voice it's nice. so good but then if you go to his 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 twitter profile the stuff that he posts on twitter it's just absolutely hilarious he is such an entertainer um, when word came out about um, the, um, the the voice actor for Mario stepping away from the role, uh, he every you know a lot of people started p- posting their own little audition reels of uh, of uh, of becoming the next Mario voice. Oh yeah, Ben Starr did the best audition video (laughs) where he essentially is saying a lot of the Mario quotes, all the Mario lines in the Clive Rosfield voice. (laughs) And it's amazing. It is absolutely amazing. It is so funny. 
Uh, Kendall, you need to see it. It's okay. so good. <laughs> uh, I will have to look it up. You I'll will need to look up. this up. <laughs> it is so good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, look, honestly, it could go to any one of these uh, any one of these actors. Um, I'm surprised that there isn't like more female representing um, performance mm. nominees here. Uh, I kind of wish there were at least, may, you know, maybe 50-50 in terms of the nominees, but they've only got one category, which includes everybody instead of separating by female male. So I don't know. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, my, my, my vote is for Ben Starr in this one. <laughs> nice. Well, my vote, my vote is going to Neil Newbin because he voices a star in. So he's the voice. He's, he's the voice of the sexy vampire that, that I'm into uh, at the yes. moment. So, so yes, he gets my vote. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> So, yes, there are quite a lot of other categories. Um, if you do want to check it out, you can head over to the GameAwards.com website. And if you go into the nominees uh, and you sign up, you can actually vote uh, on a lot of these categories. Um, you can actually go through and vote for whichever nominee you want in every single category. So if you want someone or a particular game to win make sure you go to the gameawards.com website make cast your votes make them mm. count yes. um other, otherwise you you're gonna you're gonna see if, don't be sad if you see your game or you know uh, not win so there it is and the and the actual game awards event will be held uh, at the Peacock Theatre in Los Angeles on the 7th of December. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say that's Pacific time. So for us, that'll be the 8th of December uh, in Australia. So only 17 days left until the live show for the Game Awards. Hey! Woo! Woo! <laughs> Hell yes. My gosh, that was a very long wrap-up of the Game Awards nominees. <laughs> <laughs> it was, but it's fine. I didn't, realize, I, didn't real, I didn't realize how passionate I was about it. But anyway, <laughs> hey, you love look, you love games. It's fine. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> we we have the passion. Yeah, we have, we have the passion. Um, all right, cool. Well, that's the nerdy news done. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> which means now it's time to roll on up to the trailer park. <laughs> Rolling up to the trailer park where we all park all the trailers. Yeehaw. It's trailer park time and we've got some pretty interesting ones to discuss this week starting with our first official look at What If Season 2. Uh, this is finally at last coming out, um, just in time for Christmas. Um, and yeah, it was a pretty interesting trailer. <clears throat> Great animation. Um, you know, keeping with the vibe from last season with, you know, we've got Jeffrey Wright's Watcher returning to be the narrator. Um, I think my favorite line in the trailer was when he was like, you know, so he says something to the effect of like, these are, you do you don't want me to have to narrate the, the lines that are about to come. Like he doesn't want to like, he's like, he, he mentions that he doesn't want to say what he has to say. 
sort of thing towards the end, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, and But obviously super ominous, because it's like, oh, oh, okay. So the all-seeing watcher is like, you're not going to like what I'm going to, I'm going to tell you. Um, mm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's exciting. You know, we're going to finally be getting to see the Gamora episode that was cut from season one. That's, that's going to be part of this. Um, which I think we got a little snippet of in this teaser with her and Tony Stark mm. and looks like some kind of um, steampunky, spacey, uh, you know, racing of some kind. Um, so that that's going to be interesting. Um, yeah, and then, you know, more of the same, uh, you know, characters coming back, some new characters. Uh, got a little sad in this one because uh, obviously T'Challa's in this, but he's no longer voiced by Chadwick Boseman. So this is the first time we're hearing T'Challa voiced by somebody else. Um, so that's, yeah, that's going to, that's going to hurt a little bit to watch, but you know, I uh, can't imagine how that actor must feel stepping into Chadwick's shoes, but um, yeah, I'm sure he does a fantastic job. Um, and uh, I really, I'm sure you really loved this part, but Jeff Goldblum, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, I laughed out loud when I saw that pop up. <laughs> it was very funny. It was very oh funny. My gosh. Yeah. Um and then yeah, the other thing that I'm a couple of things that I'm excited about. One, there was like a scene showing from the events of Infinity War with Thanos in Wakanda in the jungle there and um, cap, mm. cap fighting against him. So I'm like, what's going on here? What are they doing? Um and then the other thing was the return of um, the the Dark Doctor Strange, S- Sorcerer Supreme um, from the first season, he's coming back. So, um, so that's cool as well. Um, yeah, I can't wait to watch this. This is going to be great. And they're also doing a Christmas Christmas themed episode. That's going to look looks like it's going to take on Die Hard, uh, which is always a bit of fun. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so no, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to diving back into this animated side of the MCU. How about you, Fulia? Oh, I am so ready for this. <laughs> I am like, I am so ready. As soon as, Born as ready. soon as the, the, the trailer ended, I'm just like, okay, I am ready. Give it to me. I want to watch this now. <laughs> it looks so good. The animation's just on point in terms of it's just visual arts art style and i just mm-hmm. i love it so much mm-hmm. um and i'm just looking at the the what if poster for season two it's very christmasy yeah it's a very christmasy poster it's so cool <laughs> <laughs> i kind of like that and yeah. a lot of the characters are wearing santa hats or they're dressed up as you know very christmasy characters um uh yeah it's i'm i just i cannot i cannot wait to see where they take these different concepts, these different stories um, that were put, you know, that could be something out of the MCU essentially. Um, And I just, just from season one, I was blown away and I feel like season two is just going to be just as good, maybe even better. Uh, So Mm. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to um, what, what stories they decide to go with next um you know you know the you know avengers with um in you know endgame and uh sorry infinity war infinity mm-hmm. war mm-hmm. yeah um you know just yeah so, and and there's like characters in here that 
look new to me, like the kid. There it was. I don't. I can't. I. I don't recall that character. They are introducing a new superhero this season. Mm. So you would yeah. have. You would have seen. Um, uh, the the indigenous. Um, the Native American yes, characters. Yes, I, I saw that. Well, I saw those yeah. characters in the trailer. So they, I was very intrigued. Yeah, those are part of the new characters that they're introducing. Mm, okay. All right. Cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's. I cool. am very. I am. I am very intrigued to know who that character is. Mm. So um, yeah, like I said, I am just so keen for What If season two. So keen. <laughs> so keen. Oh yeah. And that's it. <laughs> anyway, um so I'll tell you when it's coming out. Um what if season two uh is gonna start dropping on Disney Plus uh on the twenty second of December. Apparently it's gonna be they're gonna be dropping one episode a day. According oh. to this, tra- according to the trailer, it said it was one episode a day, starting from the twenty second. So I, I, unless I misread it, um, mm. that's what the trailer said. So it's like a, it's like a, um, an advent calendar of Marvel goodness, <laughs> counting down until only... the end of the year. Oh, until the end of the year. Okay, because I was yeah. gonna say if if they're putting in, I, I, I feel like Christmas Day will be the Christmas episode. Um, yes. For the for for the season and Definitely, then yeah yes. and then they just keep going with the rest yeah okay yeah so mm. we end with the feels on the thirty first oh lovely we're lovely. leaving twenty twenty three with that with, cool probably <laughs> probably it's my guess it's my guess um all right let's move on to our next trailer keeping on the Marvel theme but this is a Sony Marvel um this mm-hmm. is our at last our first look at Madam Web. Um, this is uh, set in the Sony Spider-Verse of Venom and uh, Morbius and Craven the Hunter. Um, so, yeah, and this is an all-female-led cast uh, with Dakota Johnson um, and Sydney Sweeney, um, uh, among others, in this one. Um, yeah, first time seeing a lot of these characters in live action as well. All of the different female characters um, in the comics at one point have been gone by the name Spider-Woman, apparently. Um, that's what I've read. I don't really know too much about the, the Spider-Woman lore. But, um, but I, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely intrigued by this trailer. Um, it kind of hilariously broke the internet in a stupid way after it dropped. Um, you know, feel free to rewind to my ladies and gentlemen. Um, but, yeah, there's a <laughs> particular part of this trailer that the internet was like, this is a weird line read. Um like just and I don't fully blame Dakota Johnson for for the way she delivered but I think it's more that the line was poorly written like the the line about you know the you know uh he was with my mom in the Amazon right before she died researching spiders and like it's just it's just it's it's a heavy exposition line that is kind of not done well so I don't entirely blame Dakota for that um Mostly because, yeah, I know she, like, I know she can act. She's pretty talented. Um, 
and uh, yeah, I don't know. I I've, I found I, f- I found it interesting that she's in in this movie at all because she doesn't usually make these kinds of movies. I mean, Fifty Shades of Grey aside, that was the only kind of franchise she's done, really. Um, she's more of an indie slash character actor. Um, that's been in a, a handful of stuff, but yeah. So I don't know. Um, I know nothing about Madame Web, but I know that this is one version of the character. There's another version of the character that's like super old. Um, and this is one that's like really young, but it seems that she has the ability to see the future or, or at least the immediate future and then can do something about it to change it. Um, so hopefully that works better in the movie than it does in the trailer. The trailer, like the trailer was fine. It didn't like make me go, oh, holy shit, I have to see Madame Web. I was just like, oh, okay, it's an, it's just a kind of generic superhero movie, um, I think. But um, yeah, I hope it's good just because, you know, we don't get a lot of female-led uh, movies um, in the superhero genre. And, you know, with the Marvels being a very good movie that everyone should go see, please, um, you know, uh, you know that needs some love. But um. Yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. But <laughs> I want this, I guess I want, what I want to say is that I want this movie to be successful and to be good because we need more movies like this just to exist, you know. Um, so, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not, yeah, not entirely sold. It doesn't look great. Traditionally, the the only Sony Marvel movies that are successful really are the, um, if it's not a Spider-Man movie, it's the Venom movies, so, um, and even those are a bit, you love them or you hate them, so, um, yeah, we'll see, we'll see how this one goes. Fulia, are you, I, I kind of feel like you're, I don't know if you, you, this is your kind of movie or you'd be interested in watching this, I don't know, how did, how did this sit with you? So, I feel like this trailer was very long. It was very long, yeah. It was a very long trailer, it showed a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I am kind of, I am kind of interested in okay. maybe watching this, uh, just purely because of the fact that it's still sort of a, a Spider-Man related movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that we're getting, you know, such a great, um, leading cast of just female characters, which we don't always get, um, no. in a lot of films. Um, unless it's a rom-com of some sort. Uh, so it's good to see a sort of a, a hero-based movie where we've got some um, really strong female characters or female-identifying characters. Yes. Um, and, yeah, like, I haven't really seen Dakota Johnson in, in a lot of... In, in many things, to be honest. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where... Uh, where her performance goes with this particular film. Um, But yeah, like apart from the fact that the trailer was just a bit too long and Mm. just showed a lot, uh, I I think it looks like it might, it might be an interesting film. Um, How it will connect to how it will connect within the actual Sony Marvel universe. I'm not sure. I for one haven't seen, uh, I haven't seen Carnage, um, Venom's sequel, and mm. I haven't seen I haven't seen Morbius, um, but I'm hoping I won't have to. 
Yeah, you don't really need to. I don't think they're going to yeah. do anything with Morbius. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, I am kind of interested in checking it out. Uh, but yeah, like you, I haven't really, I haven't really heard about a lot of these characters, um, in terms of like the, the, the spider women, um, characters apart from what some of the characters that popped up in, um, across the spider verse. Yeah. Um, they barely touched them to be honest, but they were there. So yeah, like, yeah, I wouldn't mind watching this to be honest. Yeah. All right, good. Yeah. Very good. Um, cool. Well, Madam Web is going to be in the cinema on um, the 14th of February, Valentine's Day. Wow. Valentine's Day. So Lovely. something the something the males of, of the world that are, you know, that are in a heteronormative relationship with their wives can go look babe we can go see a superhero movie because there's chicks in it and it's valentine's (laughs) day so so it's it's a chick it's a chick flick you know you you could lie you could be like we're going what are we going to see oh just a chick flick you rock up it's madam web (laughs) it's a superhero (laughs) movie (laughs) no it's a chick flick um anyway (laughs) valentine's day everyone mark your calendars um, we got mm. one more trailer now to talk about, um, and that is um, for one that I'm just. It started strong and then it lost me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but this is, of course, uh, our first look at uh, Garfield, um, the new Garfield. Now, yes, um, I was I was unprepared for emotion at the beginning of this because you're watching, ah, you're watching this little f- furball Garfield and he's got like a massive head and a little body. So cute, he's so cute. <laughs> but then he's like, he's like also like homeless on the street and it's like yeah. raining and he's just wants to be somewhere and uh, <laughs> <laughs> all I, of the cuteness in that uh, one scene i hated it i just i hated oh, it yeah. I, I i only say i hate it because i'm just like no why is this doing this to me why am i being affected by the cuteness it's pulling you in oh. to start with that's how the trailer works. It I'd, gets you oh. interested, and then yeah. it pulls the rug from under you. <laughs> it really does. It pulls the uh, proverbial lasagna out from under you. Um, yes. 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 No. It was a very adorable start to the trailer. It was very adorable, yeah. and I just I couldn't I couldn't really handle it, especially just the way they animated him. Um, but yeah. Um, and then yeah, we get the reveal of him oh no i'm just gonna eat eat all of the food now and then we just cut to um yeah him being an adult and you know chris pratt narrating to the camera and like and that's how i adopted what's his name i don't even know what's the name of the john john is i was gonna say it's john right john yeah john and that's how i adopted john um yeah so and then you know we get that typical garfield sort of sass i suppose 
Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, and then Samuel Jackson is voicing Garfield's dad, I guess. That's who yep. that cat is supposed to be, Garfield's dad. Um, so this is a dad and son thing, I guess, based on this trailer. Um, uh, sure. I mean, there was nothing, apart from the cute, the cuteness and the cool animation, I'm not interested. Like, like, this is not great. This did not do a good job of grabbing me. Like, it, it held me in the beginning, and then it just didn't really show me anything afterwards. I mean, I kind of liked the, like, the quick montage of, like, Garfield, like, being being a cat and having all these things, like, and he, him, like, complaining and, and all that stuff, like, that typical Garfield <laughs> stuff. So hopefully the movie is more of that. But, yeah, I don't know. I just wasn't sold by the rest of it. Um, and I mm. and I'm and I'm neither here nor there about Chris Pratt voicing him. It's fine. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's worth making a mountain out of a molehill, to be honest. So, um, but yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, another trailer can convince me otherwise to maybe check it out. But it's again, it's another remake. So, what do we do? Mm-hmm. What do we do? Fulia, tell me your thoughts. I'm I'm sure you're going to watch this. How did how did this trailer work for you? I'm going to watch this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm watching. I'm like, I'm watching this. Um, I've seen the like a few of the past Garfield movies, including the live action one. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've been, they were like, they were fine. They were, they were all right. This one's animation style is really interesting. Uh, I, I actually kind of like it. I like yeah. the way that they've gone with this animation style. Um, into, yeah. And just visually it just looks really like it really for some reason even though it's not bright it still pops just in the in just in the way that it's like all drawn out Mm -hmm. um and garfield is just a pop a pop culture icon animal yes you know like everybody knows he is the lasagna loving cat Way back from the newspaper clippings with the comics. That's how prolific he is in pop culture. And I just, I love the, the, the stoicness of his, of his voice. Just how, you know, confident and just the fact that he's just, he's a very lazy cat. He'll just, he'll do whatever he wants. Hmm. He'll eat all the food he wants. <laughs> he doesn't care. He just doesn't care. And he doesn't like dogs. <laughs> he yeah. tolerates one. Yes, he does. That's it. <laughs> um I just yeah, look, honestly, as soon the as soon as Chris Pat's Pratt's voice came through, I was fine with it. Yeah, I was totally fine with it. <laughs> It's fine. It, was, it just, I. Here's the thing. I feel like Chris Pratt as Garfield. I feel is better than Chris Pratt as Mario. Okay. In terms of in terms of the performance, from what I've heard so far in the trailer. Uh, yeah. Not not that I'm saying his performance in Mario in the Super Mario Brothers movie was bad. It was actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. I f- his his voice is better suited to more comedic roles like this. I feel. Yeah, and I agree. I agree. Yeah, and I and I kind and I kind of like him as as Garfield in this. So, 
uh, I am actually really looking forward to watching this. Um, nice. It was also interesting to, to hear Samuel L. Jackson come through yeah. <laughs> as a as a giant cat uh, as a well. Giant cat. Character is named Vic, by the Vic. way. Okay. Vic. Vic the cat. Uh, Vic the cat, who is Garfield's dad, and he's he's going to be teaching Garfield how to not be lazy. Apparently. <laughs> ah. It's like, let's learn to jump. What is that exactly? <laughs> so, but. Then you see all the sort of the similar characteristics between them being that they're father and son. You know, the little scratch on the butt, the little, you know, the fact that they both love to eat and they're both rotund. <laughs> both rotund, yes. Rotund. Rotund's a good way of putting it. Yes. Uh, funny. Um, I am very much looking forward to watching this. Uh, Nicholas Holt voices John in this as well. Um, ah, cool. Yeah. Uh, and we've got a few other cast members in here that, that haven't really been, um, they haven't been given their character names, haven't been listed. So I'm assuming that's because we haven't come across their characters yet in the trailer. So uh, maybe in another, in another trailer that comes up, we'll probably get a, a couple more characters. I don't know where this story is going. So far, all I know is it's going to be a father-son kind of a relationship movie. Um, yeah. Like, sort of like a reunion in a way. Uh, but look, it's Garfield. It's going to be hilarious. There's there's also going to be some moments where it's just going to be kind of kind of in the feels. But it's mostly going to be funny. So I'm keen. I'll be watching this for sure. <laughs> nice. Yes. Nice. Very good. Um, well, Garfield um, has a release date of the 30th of May next year. So, Damn it, um, so far away. <laughs> no, so far away. It's like <laughs> six and a half months. Six months. Six yeah. and a half-ish months, yeah. Six and a half-ish months. Yeah, Garfield. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they've got six and a half months to sell me. Um <laughs> Cool. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. Um, but mm. yeah, no, cool. Awesome. Um, all right. Well, that's Trailer Park done. We're rolling out, which means now it's time for the moment, the segment, the section, uh, the part, <laughs> the place. The thing, the spot in the show we like to call glorious popcorn culture. Oh, <laughs> fully are glorious popcorn culture. I, you've done well uh, with that yeah. one. Thank you very much. Um brilliant um yes popcorn culture time which means uh yes fulia hasn't been here the last couple of weeks obviously so nope um <laughs> now it is uh, uh, the perfect opportunity to uh catch up with um her thoughts on 
the ending of Loki season two, um, the last couple of episodes, how that went, how she's feeling, how she reacted, uh, and yeah, and just, you know, dealing with my emotions, uh, a week after the end, um, which I can't believe it's already, <laughs> it's already been over a week. Like I remember scrolling on Instagram on Friday and like seeing all these like posts of like, there's no, it's, it's a Friday without Loki. Like, oh no. Um, makes me sad. But yeah, it's already over. It's done. Um, yeah. So, um, just as a general consensus for you, before I kind of ask you a bit more narrow questions, um, what are you, what are you thinking and feeling about how it ended? Are you happy with the ending? I'm sad about the ending. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it it just it kind of cemented the fact that when we're not gonna be getting any more seasons. Um but Loki essentially ended up where he wanted to be, but m- maybe in a different way. Not the way that he was intending, essentially, as from no. from like from episode one of season one. He he got a throne, just not the one that he was expecting. No. So, <laughs> um, and the episode definitely definitely hit on some feels, uh, and just oh my gosh, just seeing all these characters like their story arcs sort of wrapping up as well, and just the way that they ended ended up trying to get things to work and Loki controlling his time slipping to the point where he's like, like this whole, the, the whole montage of him keep continuously going back and then going back even further and then back even further. And then just keeps going back until he gets to a point where he then comes back to the present moment but still something is not right and it just it really hurt yeah it really it really hurts um, it really hurts yeah so overall i enjoyed this episode i really really enjoyed this episode but it just really pulled on the heartstrings knowing that it was the end yeah. of the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, yeah, I, I don't really think we need a third season, to be honest. No, no. I think I think this ended up, like, you know, like season one and season two are kind of, you know, nice bookends of a, of a story. Yeah. Um, yeah, for his character. And, and did you notice that, the last episode was called Glorious Purpose, which is the same title yeah. as episode one of season one. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Feels. <laughs> yeah. The feels train. Um, yeah. Talk about bookends. Talk about bookends. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't think. Like, Tom Middleston has been doing some interviews, obviously, now that the actor's strike is over. He can talk about it. Mm. Um, and, yeah, he said that, um, like, it, it's it's it, it's probably not the end of of like it probably won't be the last time we see Loki. Like he's saying, don't mm. you know? Don't count, don't count on that just yet because you know he's yeah. 
I mean, with you know, if Mike was here, he'd point out how many times he's died. Um, but, <laughs> but um, you know, he's come back, you know, a couple of times yeah. and um, kept going. So yeah, just because he's now at the center of the the universe, you know, the center of time, um, doesn't mean that he won't be involved in some fashion mm. um, going forward. Especially now that we're doing Secret Wars. Um, you know, yeah. down the track with incursions and colliding worlds and all this stuff. So um, yeah. I imagine Loki will have something to do with that, maybe. Um, but mm. if it is the last time we see him, I'm I'm okay. Like, as someone who has been a massive fan of the character for so long, I'm I'm so happy with the way it ended. Like, I'm sad, but I'm, like, it was a very good ending for him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they did it. I they agree. Did it. They did a very good job. Um, Definitely. How did you go with, um, like, a lot of the sci-fi stuff? Like, the last episode really kind of, um, like, it didn't it didn't hold the audience's hand, so to speak. It didn't explain everything. It, it, it kind of gave you the bare minimum of what you needed to know, and then, it, and then you would just get it and move on to the next thing. Like, you know, it doesn't, like, the whole thing about how, like... Um, you know, Loki's just repeating and repeating and repeating, and then he's like, I'm going to, uh, you know, spend hundreds of years to learn how to be a, you know, um, to learn that ev- everything OB knows, um, mm. and then we're going to do this again. And then, like, you know, the time loops, like, there's that lovely conversation of, like, you know, when He Who Remains says, like, is this the first time we've had this conversation? And then Loki's like, well, actually, it's not the first time, and you think it is. Now I've got one up on you. Did did it... Did it go over your head uh, some of this stuff how fast it was paced but or or did you did you follow it well enough what they were doing i i I feel like i followed it kind of well enough um i i i understood where um where loki was going with it all uh especially when he kept um time slipping back in time like a hundred years back so that he can learn to become a physicist and learn everything that Ob knew, um, of and the fact that Ob mentioned the fact that it would take hundreds of years to learn all of this sort of stuff to get it even like potentially right to a point. Um, like I I I appreciate the fact that they didn't show us how he like how he got went back and then the the timeline of that to the point it just cuts to him going back and then coming back forward again. Um, I preferred that. It just made the, just made the flow a lot better mm-hmm. and, and, and quicker. So we get, we got to the actual point quicker as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I managed to follow it along pretty well. Um, there were probably moments where he would then start spurting out all of this science stuff and that stuff kind of went over my head i'm like wait oh. how the hell did you even remember all that <laughs> don't don't even worry i still have no idea of half of what tom hiddleston said during those scenes and like last last week's podcast i talked to mike about it and i was like i would i i hope there are no bloopers of that but i want to see it just because i'm just like <laughs> i wonder how many takes it took for him to say all of those words that fast yeah. and not stuff yeah. up. It was so impressive. Very impressive. <laughs> uh, 
I would love to see a blooper reel for this show, honestly. <laughs> and the other thing that I will say is I cannot wait for the Marvel Studios assembled for this as well. Oh, it's going to be insane. Yes. I cannot wait. Bring bring that on. I'll, I'll happily yes. devour that. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's absolutely fantastic. Um, all right, well that's good. I'm really glad that yeah that it worked yeah. for you. Yeah, because I I think mm. it was one of the the best things about the episode was just the fact that they didn't dumb shit down. They didn't ex- over explain everything. No. They yeah. didn't s- slow down. They didn't sacrifice story or pace or plot to like ex- you know exposition. Like it just it was written so well and executed so well. Just. Yeah. every scene like not a second was wasted um exactly so yeah so they did a fantastic job with that um yeah um how before we talk about loki's i want to i do want to talk about loki's end uh in this show but before we get to that i wanted to ask you um what you thought about like h- how the other characters ended up like how mobius and sylvie and hunter b15 and renslayer is she dead is she not um what are you? What are your thoughts on on our supporting cast, and how do you think they they've ended up? Do you think we'll see any of them again? Um. Look, honestly, I'm not too sure. Um, I feel like we might we might come across uh, Sylvie again, maybe. Um, we might. I don't know. I feel like. The way that Renslayer's like we didn't really get much from her, honestly. Well, for, f- to to end it. See, I think I think Elias got her, but a lot of people online and 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 Mike as well seem to think that no, um, that's not the case. That she's she's somehow got out of it, or I don't know. But I'm just, mm, but I'm just like she was sitting there, mm. and you can. But, you know, again, like, it's that the, the old rule of, like, you don't see them die on screen, so therefore they're not dead sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so, but, yeah, I, I, I'd be curious to see what they do with her if we're not going to get a third season of the show. What Are they going to – is that just going to be some, some thread that's never going to get picked up again and it's fine because whatever? Or, like, are they actually planning something for her? Hmm. Yeah. I'm I'm not too sure with yeah. with Renslayer to be honest. Um, she she kind of she was kind of left at a loose end, I think. Like there wasn't really a tie off for her. Yeah, she was that's just what dumped I... somewhere. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. It's just like, are they gonna? Is that yeah. for? Is that for a reason, or are they gonna just leave it? I don't know. It's hard mm. to say. Hard to say. It is. It is hard to say. Um, B fifteen. Uh, oh, I'm struggling to remember what happened to her, to be honest. Well, so in she's... The, in the episode. So basically, yeah, Ren, so Renslayer's in the void. We don't know. B15, um, B15, OB, Casey, and Mobius are all still at the TVA. The TVA is mm. running under new management. Ah, uh, um, yes, that's right. And, um, yeah, B15 is... And, and Mobius, um, and I think even Casey are, like, they're all a part of the the main council, I guess, that oversee the whole thing. Like, and, you know, so the last yeah. time we, the last time we see B15, she's going into the, you know, she has that chat with Mobius where Mo, she figures out that Mobius is leaving. 
and then she goes in. We get that scene of them all in that big meeting room, um, and we, you know, where they're going to talk about. I don't know what they're going to talk about, but yeah. So she, she, you know, she stays at the TDA. She knows that she she had a life on the timeline, but she decides to stay. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. Look. Honestly, the the fact that a lot of them decided to to stick around uh, back at the TVA and just keep running things as usual, um, it was sad to like see Mobius decide that he wanted to go. But maybe for him, it was more of a, I think I've done my time here. I kind of wanna maybe go and yeah, live a life. Yeah, well, I mean, because, like, the interesting thing about it is, like, and I don't know how the time travel aspects of it work, whether or not mm. he's gone to the world that he was taken from and he's going to fill that void, or if he's just there as a spectator watching and he's going to go somewhere else. I don't know. Mm. But for me, I kind of think of it as, you know, one of the low Oh, was it Sylvie, not Loki, that had the had the thing about, you know, because Sylvie was very much, you have lives on the timeline, you should go live them. Mm. You know, we, we must, you should have the choice. Um, yeah. You know, so, yeah. So, I, I, and I suppose a lot of Mobius's storyline this season was him wrestling with that fact of, like, he knows that there's more out there and he... And, you know, because there were some really good conversations with him and, you know, when Sylvie pulled him up on his shit and was just like, dude, like, you're clearly not okay here. You need to do something about it. And I guess that's him not only just doing something about it and facing it head on, but also he's processing his grief, essentially, because he's lost a friend, even though he's not dead. He's, you know, he's still gone. Um, Mm. So he's still he's kind of grieving in a way um, and doesn't know what to do with himself now that he knows Hmm. all of this stuff. And now that he, you know, Loki's not with him. Um, Yeah. It's like, how do you process that? Yeah, that's true. Mm. Yeah. No. Yeah. It was, it was, it was interesting. Yeah. 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 Um, Yeah. I'd be curious to see if he ever comes back or like what their plans might be for him. If, or like why, yeah. Or like if he's gonna stay out of the TVA permanently, or if he's ever gonna come back. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, now I know we t- one thing we talked about during the show was s- we were concerned about Sylvie and her storyline. Um, mm. How did you? F- how did you feel about her? Uh, now that now that it's done. Um, did you think she had much to do or she was, she was used well or she got a fitting ending? I mean, she got to go in the end, she got what she wanted and got to go have her freedom and live wherever she wanted. No one's hunting Mm. her anymore. No one's chasing her. She can, you know, she's gotten, she's dealt with her issues in a sense. Now she can do what she wants. Um, how did, how did you feel Sylvie came up in the end? Uh, I'm I'm not I'm not quite sure with with her. She she didn't really have too much to do, 
in this episode, I think. And um, I'm I'm kind of, and and the and the fact that I'm having a hard time trying to remember what happened with her goes goes to kind of goes to show that it, it obviously wasn't really that important. Uh, <laughs> whatever it was that happened to her in the episode, so. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, I kind of, I kind of just sum- summarized yeah, it. But yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, f- I feel like she didn't really get. I, I, I don't think she got much of a, much of a good ending, to be honest. Okay. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I feel, I feel like there was a missed opportunity, in some way. I just don't know what it is. Um, yeah. Well, I think. I think yeah. Sil- Sylvie is like the um, the result of a, 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 a course correction in the s- terms of the writing, I think. Mm. Because, and this is one thing I didn't talk with Mike last week about, because I don't think he really cares. <laughs> and is <laughs> probably not the right person to talk about. But, um, but basically the whole, you know, the, we finished season one, there's a kiss that happens, right? Mm. And I will, full disclosure, I don't need, I never needed Loki to have a love interest. I never needed that at all. No. Uh, I was really glad that he acknowledged his bisexuality as someone who is also bisexual. That made me very happy. Um, representation matters. Um, and, you know, it's my favorite character, so I fucking died. Um, but um, I really liked that. Some people say it wasn't enough. Whatever. But season two, I feel like ignored the. It, it, it kind of left behind the bond that was explored between the two of them. Like, you see, yeah. you see bits of it. Um, you know, when they, you know, when he sees her for the first time at that McDonald's, <laughs> like you can see the, the tension on their faces. Um, you can feel it. Um, but it's never really leaned into for, in terms of Sylvie, she's more of a plot device this season than a character. She's not, mm. I don't think they really used her well. And I think it's probably because people didn't know how to react to to two versions of the same person falling in love with each other. Um, yeah. Which, fair enough, it's a very high sci-fi kind of a concept. Um, and, you know, people were throwing the word incest around. People were throwing the term self-cest around. Um, yeah. You know, that was a thing. People were kind of like, this is weird. What is it? But, like... I don't know. It made sense to me. I got why they were trying to do it, but again, I didn't need it. My only problem with it now is the fact that it's it's been ignored. Um, yeah. Because it really just feels like that they've taken the public's reaction to that and they've completely gone away from it. So whatever Sylvie originally was supposed to have been this season, it feels like she wasn't it. Um, and yeah. they've kind of had to scramble to go. Oh crap! What's what can we do with her? That's a little. That's keeping in that theme a little, but changing it up. Um, and then at the same time, also leaning into the fact that the fans really responded to Loki and Mobius as a as a thing, right? People ship them. Um, I don't personally, because um, I just don't see that. I barely ship 
Loki and Sylvie, but I if I had to choose between the two, I would choose them. Um, but I have no problem with people who ship Mobius and Loki, because fuck yeah, why not? Um, they had a good connection. They had very good chemistry on screen. You know, you can see it. They bounce off each other so well, and they care about each other so well as characters, so it makes sense. But I And then I feel like the problem was, too, that the show then kind of it didn't people throw the term queer baiting around I don't think they did that necessarily but um there were a lot more references into leaning into the two of them like to the point where when the show ended people were comparing it to the ending of Good Omens season two um and the fact that like there's that parallel of you know they you know um, Aziraphale and Crowley have that moment. They actually, they actually kiss. They actually have a moment that's romantic and it's and and tragic at the same time. Um, and then one, you know, and then one stays and one goes up, right? And they're separated. And so here you have these two men who have not expressed any romantic anything towards each other. Just picking people are picking up what they want to, and again, that's fine. You do you. Um, but. You know, they clearly have a strong bond and a strong connection with each other. And now one of them is gone and one of them is left. So it's like, so people were like drawing those connections and it's just, and I just, I'm so curious as to how, and I doubt they'll address any of it ever. I can't imagine (laughs) unless it's like a (laughs) random question at a con somewhere. I, I can't imagine anyone really addressing it too much. But I'm mm. so curious as to what the thought process is behind the response to the fans and how they've put that into the writing and because it just really feels like they did take a lot of the internet's reaction on board. So mm. which is which is fine, but I also don't like it cuz I'm just like you need to <sighs> I don't know, you stick to your guns, you know? I don't know. Yeah. I just I I get it, but I don't get it. I just yeah. But that being said, like I'm fine with how things ended in terms of like Loki and Mobius. Like, yeah, if you ship yeah. them, that's that's sad. That's unfortunate. Um, and I and I ache for their just a, them as friends losing each other or, yeah, in that yeah, sense. That's true. Like, I just ache for them in that sense. But I just I, I'm really just annoyed with how Sylvie was handled this season. I didn't like it really at all to the point where mm. she, she to the point where she might have been my least favorite character in the show this season. Yeah just because I don't think she added anything um, to the story. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't think she did. Like, I, I, I kind of feel like where you're coming from. Yeah. It's just the fact that um, she just didn't really have a lot to do in this season, to be honest. And they didn't like, like you said, they didn't really utilize the character very well. Um, they didn't progress any sort of story. All we know is that she just wanted to have a life and not worry about running from people or things. And she just wanted freedom, essentially. That's all she wanted. And the se- this particular season just didn't really, you know, didn't really push her story anywhere else. No, it didn't really... Yeah. Like, not really much more beyond where she was. Like, I guess it's, I suppose it kind of, she had that moment where she, you know, like, um, where she could have killed Victor Timely, right? And then she hesitated Mm. and then realized, okay, maybe this isn't the right approach. Like, she, she did kind of have that moment of growth of like, oh, you know, I, I fucked up. 
Um, you know, because in, in episode, in the last episode, she even says, like, after that reveal of, like, oh, the loom's going to break no matter what. It, it's a, it's a fail safe. It's not a, it's not a, ca- you know, a catch-all thing that's going to save yeah, the day. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and then, you know, she's like, so basically the moment I killed he who remains, we were fucked. Um, that's what, you know, she says that. So she acknowledges what she did. So she gets a little mm. bit of growth, but... But again, to your point, it's not enough. No, nah, it's not. Um, it's really, it's really not enough. It's very disappointing because I love Sofia yeah. DiMartino. She's been a, a a great casting. See, that's a great example of a, a you know an ac- an up and coming actor being given an opportunity. Like sh- her, she is such a good choice for that character, and her and Tom mm. Hiddleston worked really well together, I thought. And yeah, they so did. It's, so it's just a shame that she wasn't used the way she should have been. Um, mm. But anyway, let's talk about something a bit more upbeat because I think we can all agree that the MVP of the season was Kihoi Kwan as Ouroboros, OB. Oh, my gosh. He was so good. <laughs> he was the best. I'm so glad. I'm so glad he's in this... This, he's in the MCU. He is this character. Um, even though OB did kind of feel like a retcon into it because you feel like, I feel like OB is a character we should have met in the first season um, mm. just because of who he is and how much we know. But I get, I get the, that the show, they did that to that whole thing of like, oh, nobody goes down and sees him because, you know, he's, he kind of, he's by himself. He blah, 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 whatever. Mm. Um, but, but no, what a, what a, what a great addition to the cast um to yeah. the world um such a great character i i loved i loved him just being like this massive nerd and massive intelligent human and just but a bit socially weird of just like one second he's like you know i just one of the best examples is like hi nice to meet you we're all going to die um you know <laughs> like those <laughs> those kinds of moments he had where it just were played really really well and one of my one of my favorite little moments in the finale in the finale with ob was um when during one of the speed runs when loki's like going through and saying this is what the plan and he walks in and he's like and uh, Victor Timely, this is OB. You guys both wrote each other's... You you both kind of created each other, the TVA, blah, blah, blah. Like, he does that whole thing. And, and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, they, and then the, you get the camera shows that moment of the two of them meeting, and then you just see Kihoi Kwan's face and just outrageously, like, enthusiastically shaking Victor's hand and, like, the joy, the pure joy. Um, I just thought that was a really sweet moment. But, um... Yeah. So I yeah, OB I could talk about him forever. I just think he's he's wonderful. What did you what did you think about Kiho Kwan? I loved him. He yeah. was like you said, he's a great addition to the cast. Um I wish we had him in season one, but I, I see why they kept him for season two. Um and just, you know, his his character, very, very intelligent, um, but also just like quirky as well, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and knows to fanboy, went to fanboy uh, about certain things and people. And I just, I think that the last episode where we have uh, low-key time slipping backwards a lot um, to try and figure out how to fix the loom, uh, 
every time he comes back and starts talking to OB about trying to get things going and he can he's like speaking to OB the same language he understands everything that OB's saying and OB's just standing there a bit stunned <laughs> Like, how do you want? How are you understanding this? Like, what? <laughs> just the facial expressions uh, on Key's face is just yeah. I just I love I loved it. I yeah. loved it so much, and just you know the 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 behavior and the mannerisms of, of the character was done so well, and it just it always made me smile every time I saw Ob. Just honestly, just. Give give Ob his own series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully this isn't the last time we see him. Um, no, I hope not. He's hope a really not. good character. I yeah. really loved Ob. Yeah. Yeah, he was the best. Um, did you have a favorite episode? Do you remember which Ooh. one you might have liked the most? Oh man. Uh, I need to check the list. I don't <laughs> from the se- from the se- from this particular se- season. Mm-hmm. Um, oh man, I I feel like I feel like episode one Ouroboros probably one of my favorites. Um. But then also Heart of the TVA, episode four, was also a really good one too. Mm, mm-hmm. Um, just because of how dramatic it got to the point and the way that that episode ended in the fact that you think that they're all going to die mm. and there's nothing they can do and everything. It's like, it's just disaster. It's, it's catastrophic. It's going to fail and the TBA is dead, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of like that drama that came out of that episode. And then the way that it just, that extreme close-up on Tom Hiddleston's face mm. at the end to just, to end it all. And I'm just like, that's just, mwah, that's perfect. That is brilliant writing right there and, mm-hmm. and filming as well. Mm-hmm. Just... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think Heart of the TVA is probably the best episode of this whole season, um, followed closely by Ouroboros. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Good yeah. choices. Yeah, what about um, you? Yeah, I'm... Oh, gosh. I mean, I... Yeah, I mean, I think i got to say my favourite's probably the finale. Um, yeah. Just for the ending. Like, just for the yeah. last... Oh, like, yeah. hundred. Yeah. For the last, like, 20 minutes of just, like, oh, God. Mm. Like, just gut-wrenching mm. and uh, an incredible cinematography and um, visual effects. Like, just a, a masterclass um, yeah. in, in, in great television, I think, um, was that episode. And we'll talk about it uh, before we wrap up. Um, but, yeah, but just for what that... what what that episode did for Loki as a character Um, and just for how well it was written and how well it was paced and the whole thing. Like it's almost an hour long episode and they, and there's never a dull moment. Like I said before, like they didn't waste a single second. Um, And it was just, it was balls to the wall. Fantastic. Um, 
that's really how I feel about it. I think it's amazing. Um, I really enjoyed, I had a lot of fun with episode five, just, you know, for this, because I, you know, I've, I've probably said on the podcast before, I'm a big fan of like Elseworld stuff. So seeing like, seeing like what our characters were like in the timeline, you know, on the timeline, what they were doing um, in their own worlds and, and all of that. I thought that was a lot of fun. Just, and finally seeing Mobius on his jet ski, you know, that was, yeah, that was something we'd wanted for, you know, a couple of years and we finally got it and it was epic as hell. Uh, very, very fun. Um, so I had a lot of fun with that and just, yeah, Loki trying to figure out, cause you know, he starts time slipping again. Um, and yeah. And so that's, that was really cool. Like him learning how do I, what do I need to do? How do I, and that's, you know, and then we go immediately into the final episode. Like I, that it was, that was done really well. Um, but then yeah, heart of the TVA, just, yeah, that ending, like the mm. whole time they're working the problem, they're working the problem. And, um, and then you get to the end and it's like, and then, you know, uh, Victor timely becomes spaghetti and it's like, Oh, Oh no. Yeah. Oh, oh no. Like I, yeah. And there was no post credit scene to make you feel like things were going to be okay. You know, we mm. were all, all on the podcast. We're all like, where the fuck is this going? I don't know. I mean, Mike had his theories, obviously, <laughs> but like, we were just like, what the hell? How are they? What? Um, Mm. Yeah, so four was amazing for that reason, and then yeah, and then episode one. There are parts of episode one that I enjoyed just because, um, you know, again, it was a it was kind of a self contained episode with Loki trying to again control his time slipping and just that whole tension of of Mobius going out on the down the gangway to try and you know, and then they had to time it with Loki and all like that was that was all really well done. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, pretty much yeah. Episodes one, four, five, and and six. Those are the yeah. those are the standouts. But if I had to pick a favorite, it's yeah, it's the last one. Yeah, I I, I kind of I feel like um, that the the last episode of the of the season um, really did hit home just how how epic this you know this thing is. You yeah. Know? And it's, it was, it just, ah, oh, it blew my mind, this episode, honestly, the way, especially the way that it ended. Let's just get into it now. Yeah, let's just talk about it. Yeah, because, yeah, I, um, yeah, because I, I watched it twice, so I, before we recorded mm. last week, and then on the second watch, I cried. Um, I didn't cry first watch, because I was just, A, I was tired at the time I was watching, it was like 11 o'clock at night, and, yeah, and be like you know you're so in the moment you're like what's happening where is this going what is what's going on and I didn't yeah. really I didn't really fully feel the gravity of it until mm. days later when then I rewatched it and then went oh fuck um and yeah I just got really emotional but just watching it just from the moment he from the moment he gets back and he realizes what he has to do mm. And from that moment on of him just going, I, you know, he has to make the sacrifice play. He has to do the Tony Stark thing of being like, oh, fuck, yeah. I'm, I am literally the only person in this room who can do something about this. I'm, there's a reason I've been time slipping. There's a reason that I, you know, I've spent hundreds of years learning physics <laughs> and science mm. 
Um, you know, there's a reason he who remains paved the road for him to get there. Um, and, you know, it's all part of the plan, but it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's like Loki makes this choice because it's the best of both worlds. You know, he can give, he can give Sylvie what she wants, keep and, and, and save trillions of lives by keeping the timelines Mm. all safe and working. And he can also keep the TVA and his friends can keep their jobs and keep their existence as they see fit. Um, You know, so it's just him going, okay, the only way to fix this is if I go out there. And then just that moment of him before he opens the door and he looks back and Sylvie and Mobius are looking at him and, and then he... you know, I, just, I found out after last week we recorded Fulia when, when he says, um, you know, I know what I have to do for you, for all of us, which is the line from Thor, right? He improved that. Tom Hiddleston put that in really? there. Really? That was not in the script. He put that in there, Whoa. that bastard. I know. Oh, my gosh. I know. I lost. How dare he? <laughs> I know. I lost my mind. I thought, I'm like, oh, see, this is why we love you. This is exactly why we love you. Because, um, yeah, that, that had me in the feels um, quite a bit and then found out that it was an improv line. I'm like, god damn it. Um, yeah. So that's spectacular. But, yeah, that moment is so emotional. And then just that, then just the him walking out there using his powers to destroy the loom but then rebuild and reform himself you know he's in this new outfit these immaculate big horns going on that match the the you know that um kintsugi look that he who remains had at this at the you know his thing at the end of time yeah yeah, yeah. you know that that same black with gold and um mm. and then and then yeah and you walk th- you walk through with Loki and you feel everything he's feeling and the weight of it and the music is insane. And yes. the vi- the visuals, the shots, every single shot is just so good. And then when you get that final thing of like, it's Yggdrasil, it's the world tree. Like they brought the mythology full, you know, into the, into the MCU in that sense of like, now Loki is the god of stories, you know, because he's now at the center of everything. Yes. And yes. yeah, and now apparently his official title now is God Loki. Um, god which is Loki. God Loki. That's what they're calling him now. Um, wow. So and I and I, I don't know how I feel about that, just because like you know, he's always been a god, um, but I I I get why they're calling him that, just to maybe delineate between the different versions of himself because there are still other Mm. versions of him out there. And this is, so now we just know that at the MCU, at the heart of everything that happens, there is Loki sitting there and he's, he's keeping it all going. He's keeping it together and he gets his throne. He didn't want a throne. And then he was manipulated into thinking he wanted one and maybe getting one and like just family complicated bullshit. And then, you know, And then, yeah, and then he, ah, and then he gets one, but he's alone. And then just to think too, like the previous episode, he talked to Sylvie at that bar and was like, I don't want to be alone. Like yeah. He was, 
he's like, I don't want to be alone. And he's crying about it. And it's, and now he is alone because he has done yep. a selfless thing. And it's just like, I can't, I can't deal with this. <laughs> <laughs> like the character yeah. growth over these two seasons is just so impressive. And just for, and then for the show to just end on that shot, that, again, another close up of Tom Hiddleston with just him. Yeah. You know, he's sort of smiling, but he's sort of a bit forlorn. Like he's just mm. very, it's just, oh, yeah. Yeah, the whole thing yeah. was just, it was insane. Anyway, that's my ramble about Loki. Um, <laughs> please, Fulia, tell me, tell me your thoughts on, on the ending for our God of Mischief. Look, I right now I'm I'm looking at a picture of the the tree of life essentially. Yeah. And damn does it look good. It's I, so cool. like even even in in its movement when I was watching it through the way that it all came together, the way that he's holding on to these timelines with his bare hands. Yeah. These branches, they were branches for a reason. Yeah, and branches on a tree. He's essentially just created a tree with these branches and he's holding it all together and the fact that he had to sacrifice being with friends that he wanted to he the fact that he didn't want to be alone but he also he knew that the only way that this was that he could save everybody is to be alone. Yeah. And it that freaking broke me. Oh man, it broke yeah. me. Oh yeah. And Broken. just like the 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 music that swells throughout that whole scenery of him making his way through, grabbing onto these branches, just walking up the stairway to the throne that he has to sit on to monitor these timelines is it just it had this like powerful feeling through it yeah and it just it cemented the fact that loki is more than mischief you know <laughs> he yeah can do good things the fact mm-hmm. that this variation of Loki was able to be selfless and the fact that he wanted to save people's lives. And in by the end of it all, he was like, I really don't want a throne. I just want to be with, with, my, with my loved ones. Mm-hmm. But then knew that if he did that, then he wouldn't have... No one would have a life, essentially. Yeah. So it just... It breaks my heart that this is how he has to end up living the rest of his life. Mm. As a god, monitoring timelines mm-hmm. at the end of time. It's... Yep. I've... Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's... 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 Yeah. It's insane. It's, 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 it's really hard to describe <sighs> the feeling apart from the fact that it's just really gut-wrenching and sad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is really. It really is. It's just, Mm. I, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
but they they nailed it though, right? I mean, it's not yeah. it's not what I thought was going to happen. Not that I had any idea what they were going to do, really. But yeah, for it to be that, uh... like I had I had a slight inkling that he would have to be the one that does all of this. Um, in the second last episode, in episode five, like I had an inkling that. You know, by the time they get back into when they go when you go into see into episode six, and he gets to he who remains, and he has that conversation with him, and I'm just like, I think Loki's gonna have to be the one that saves everybody. <laughs> Not sure how, but he's gonna be the one who's gonna save the day. Essentially, he's gonna be the hero, mm, and. Mm-hmm. And then the, when they when when it all sort of played out, and I and I saw how he be how he ended up saving the t- the universe, essentially the multiverse. I was like, okay, I, I wasn't expecting that, <laughs> but it makes sense. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It all makes sense, and it fits it fits with the character that they've done, you know, on this show, um, the whole thing. So. Mm. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Oh, well, I think we should probably end it there, huh? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> what better way to end it than with the ending itself? Oh, uh, my gosh. It yeah. is, we have come to the end of time, but not really. It's just the end of our time for this podcast. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> correct. And now we sit on the throne and manage all the podcasts. Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't- <laughs> the branching podcasts. Um, that was a really good discussion, Fulia. That was really great to, to get yeah. your, your take on it all. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I was able to able to have a, have a chat about it because it's, I've just been sort of sitting with it for the last two <laughs> weeks <laughs> thinking... <laughs> Oh my gosh, I need to talk to someone about this, but how and who and when and just, yeah. Well. <laughs> I'm glad I was able to do this. Yes. I'm glad so I thank could. thank you. You're welcome. I'm very glad I could be that person. <laughs> Always, especially if it's about my man. Oh, Dude. yes. Yes, Always. honestly. And from watching From watching this, the series entirely, I, I see why Loki is your favorite, <laughs> and and yes. you know I, I maybe 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 we can share. <laughs> oh, maybe we can share. Well, <laughs> well, no, no, I'm open to sharing. I'm open to sharing. Okay, I'm not. I'm not as. I'm not as. He's mine on him as I used to be. So I think I okay. can. I think we can work. We can work something out. Okay, I'm happy. I'm happy you said that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, on that note, um, I think that's that's popcorn culture in the books for this week. Um, Yes, that's our lovely, lovely Loki catch up um, with the wonderful Fulia. um, Finally. So, what's next in the MCU? What's next in the MCU? Well, I'm glad you asked, Fulia. Um, So. Um, as we discussed earlier, what if is coming? Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have Echo, 
Um, yes. Which is the Hawkeye spin-off and, um, that's connected to Daredevil as well. That's coming... Uh, I can't remember if that's coming December or January now. Um, but that's dropping all in one day. So that'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after that, it's Deadpool 3, which has been moved to July of next year. Oh. Yeah. So that got that got delayed. And then after that, I don't know. Um, there's supposed okay. to be... I think there's supposed to be some more TV shows coming, but I can't remember which ones those are. I mean, yeah, Daredevil might come out next year. They're, they're, they're back at the drawing board with that, though, because they decided to you know, re-examine what they were doing with it. Um, and, uh, yeah, and they're they're trying to tackle all the TV stuff a bit different. So, yep. yeah, so who knows? As, as far as I know, it's What If, it's Echo, it's Deadpool 3, and that's where we're at. Um, so Echo yeah. uh, is slated for a release here, uh, well, on, on, um, on Disney+, Plus, uh, the 10th of January. Yeah, good, January, I yep. was right. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that'll be the next big show to talk about. But yeah, What mm-hmm. If is our next official MCU thing. So that's Which I cannot wait for. Yeah. It's going to be so good. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, we'll no, we'll no doubt be talking about it on the show. Um, oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> but until then, um, that's Popcorn Culture. That's a podcast. It's called Fred. We're done. That's over mm-hmm. the episode. Um, let's get out of here, shall we? Woo! Woo! And, and that was a was podcast, a podcast called, called Friend. Friend. Yeah. Ah, yes. And remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and the platform formerly known as Twitter for the latest Fred content. If you'd like to listen to Fred the Alien, you can find us on SoundCloud, SoundCloud, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to watch us, uh, if you'd like to watch Fred the Alien, you can head over to youtube.com forward slash Fred the Alien Productions. Uh, and uh, please subscribe to our channel, hit the bell icon to be notified of future live streams. And if you're over, if you ever head over to the Twitch side of things, twitch.tv forward slash Fred the Alien Twitch, give us a follow over there and yes. you will be notified of when we go live for more podcast fun times. Yay! <laughs> I've been a Ken Richardson. And I have been the glorious Fulga Kantarmachi. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Burdened with glorious <laughs> podcast. Um, yeah. and, and you you've just, just experienced a podcast a podcast called, called Fred. Remember, yes, Freddy lives, Lucky dies, the doctor is in, and we are all glorious. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know where else to go with that, so I, I just must end it with being glorious. We are glorious. <laughs> yes, we we are glorious, especially our purposes. Especially. We're yes, glorious. most definitely. Uh, Remember to look after yourself and your mental health, everyone. Yes, please <laughs> do. Thanks for watching. Usually, but not this week. Thanks for listening. 
Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Later, skaters. And... See...